0: as you're listening to this show you're probably training for a race but how dialed in is your race nutrition precision fuel and hydration has a free online planner that you can use to work out how much carbs sodium and fluid you need to perform at your best brady regularly uses their resealable 90 gram gels on his longer runs click the link in the show notes to use the planner to personalize your strategy for your next race Then use the code INSIDE to get 15% off your first order of fuel and electrolytes and help support the show. More details at precisionhydration.com. Now let's get to it.
1: Welcome to episode number 327 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. We've got a big show coming at you this week. We've got some uh, half marathon news out of Muragami in Japan. The US Olympic trials happen, so i will be talking about those. Um, some fast times indoor, which included uh, a Jessica Hull Australian record to chat about. Some Jakob Britson news, some uh, whispers, some previews of maybe the Adelaide International which is coming up this week as well and Jimmy Friend and Friend at the end of the episode talking about some new shoe releases. Welcome to my co-host, he's up in Canberra, Bradley Croker, how are you this week?
0: Oh, not too bad Brady, I was uh, <laughs> better 70, oh, 45 minutes ago when, uh, yeah, so... Uh, Yeah, I'm good. Just explaining that to
1: the listeners, we (laughs) had a technical issue where we recorded the first 45 minutes of this episode, and then, uh, yeah, the computer shut down, and uh, we're here to do the first 45 minutes all again. And it was a good first 45 minutes too, Croaks, but we'll get another one. We've got two two, uh, audio recording programs going now, just in case another issue arises, but we have done all this 45 minutes ago. But welcome, Croaks, to this week's episode.
0: Thanks, Brady. I'm good back on the chalk. And um, luckily we've got a very uh, forgiving and understanding co-host this week.
1: Let me introduce you to our co-host, Croaks. He is uh, one of international media's running kings of the industry. He has over 14,000 Strava followers. And last year in 2023 was voted in at number seven, according to Runner's World Europe as uh, the 10 most running influential people of the year. He's a 221 marathon runner and the co-host of Norway's number one running podcast. He isn't afraid to share an opinion and one of the best people to talk all things running with. Welcome back to the Inside Running Podcast for the second time in 45 minutes. Christian from Norway, Auriksen. welcome to you. How are you going this week?
2: Hi, uh, thanks for having me, Brady. <laughs> I said uh, earlier we had, uh, in Norway, we had the show for five years. Two times this had happened, so... Uh... I'm in the industry, and I know sometimes can be a problem, but but uh, as I said uh, the first time, this uh, this for me is the race week, and the last four years have been better to have me on before the, uh, the race than after the race, so hopefully we can turn it around this time.
1: Ah, we'll be good. We'll be good. This is the first time that's happened to us, but the listeners don't know, boys, so this is weird for us for the next 45 minutes. We'll just try to say exactly the same things we did 45 minutes ago, but for the listeners, it's all new for them, so we'll... Uh, we'll get through this. Um, tell us about the weather over there in Chris. Cold in Oslo, icy, snowing.
2: Yeah, the weather has been up and down. It's unbelievable. Today is minus five, but it's blue screen, uh, yeah, blue sky and, and the sun is out. So the last month have been everything from minus 20 to plus 10. And some days with crazy snow, some days with rain, some days with cold. So it have been really hard to run outside there. Very, very icy, and yeah, some days have been close to, to dangerous. So I have been a lot down in the, in the dungeon for the treadmill, and, and yeah, we have a group together Tuesday and Thursday inside the Biswood Stadium for running Interval. So I cannot complain, but, but yeah, have been crazy weather.
1: Yeah, and your shape, like you're going into Barcelona Half Marathon this Sunday, but how's the overall uh, fitness looking at this stage?
2: I think it's good. I have done uh, a, a little bit of a new approach for training, mostly because I think I need it, and at the same time it's good for the mental state of mind to to sometimes change up uh, some small things. But I have run 68:23, 68, 68:27, 68, and 68:34, so I have uh, three races in 11 seconds. I hope I can run close to. 68 plus, or six, somewhere between 68, 30 and 68 plus,
1: and I will be happy. Uh, if there's any new listeners who are just tuning in for the first time and wondering why, where this guy from Norway's come from, go back and listen to his full-length interview that's been on the show. Go back and uh, hear him when he's filled in a couple of times before in the past as well, because uh, as I said um, in the intro, this guy knows a lot of stuff about a, the worldwide distance running, has some strong opinions, and just strap yourself in for the next probably 90 minutes now, um, because it's going to be an entertaining show with Chris O on board. So, mate, we really appreciate you being on this episode, and let's um, get into a bit of a weekly recap. You know how things go on this on this show?
2: Yeah, yeah, we go week by week. So, uh, all in all, I have done, I will say, a solid work of training since the the beginning of August. I ran 70-27 in September for the half, ran 69-40 in October in Valencia for the half, and Of course, the Valencia Marathon was a big disappointment. I finished the race, but I felt very, very bad from early in the race, so I had a a week uh, off after that one, like 50k with jogging, and since then I have done eight weeks of of solid training. I have... uh, yeah, the show in Norway is with a guy called Sindre Buros. He's a 13-11 guy from 2015. He was in the world championship final for the 5K, so a really strong guy. So I'm coaching myself, yeah, these days as well. But he's putting in some guidelines. So I try to change some stuff. I think I needed it. I think I also need a longer period with, uh, let's say, normal training. So I will go for the marathon again. I don't know if I will do Berlin in September or Valencia in December, but I know that I I need a, a good period with solid training and for me this training is about myself and, and yeah and my goals. And when you have run everything between two twenty one and two thirty I'm not here for running to two twenty five again. So hopefully we can build something strong the next couple of months. And we can go hard on the marathon in the end of the year.
1: The Norwegian model. Um, have you ever, like, followed that for a long period of time in the past, or always just kind of like dabbled in and out?
2: Uh, I have I had. I tried six, seven weeks back in twenty sixteen, but I had full work. It was on a construction site. It was really hard to do sessions in the morning. Go for eight hours of work in the construction industry and then go go back for the session. So I will say I have never done the real Norwegian system. And this time I have sort of, uh, yeah, a step into it. I have not done 100% what the Ingebrigtsen guys are doing or what the Norwegian system is, because that is five sessions a week. And I have done some weeks with four, but I'm trying to ease into it. All in all, I have done more volume on lower intensity now and feeling like the the body is handling the training a little bit better but, but all in all the norwegian system is is about believing in the volume believing in the lactate measurement and going week by week not be the last uh, rep the hero killer
1: yeah and for people in australia that have never heard of the norwegian like method before we're talking about like double session days Four or five workouts a week, but lower intensity
2: yeah, still well, in all more more interval sessions, you trust the lactate measurement and you run a lot around the marathon pace or two point zero to three point zero on the lactate measurement so uh, for a lot of people in the beginning it's it's a big struggling with staying on the system. It's easy to get uh, carried away. But you just need to believe that the volume and the, yeah, and weeks after weeks will get you there. We had a big interview last night with George Mills. He's an English guy. He ran 1257 now in Boston. He was the, yeah, he's an old 800 meter guy, ran 146, won the British Champs in 2020 for the 1500 meter. And he was pretty much doing what the English people are doing, flogging himself twice a week have a big talent, but but running really hard, twice a week. And one day he had enough, was talking with uh, a good friend of, of us, a Norwegian guy on the same team. His name is Jacob Bottera and then he started out with the Norwegian system. And one year later now, we have created a phenomenal base. He have put put, uh, yeah, 30 seconds faster for the 5,000 meter. And what he said that is. In the beginning, it's really hard to just leave every session wanting to run a little bit faster. But if you're going with this system, you need to trust the process.
0: And Christian – sorry, Brady. Has has the Norwegian system evolved over the years? Because I remember you used to talk about the original guy, was it Marius Bakken? And so back then, was he still doing double thresholds then or was he doing more, you know, your six-minute reps? Because I know now, like – when you do your double thresholds, like the morning session is more around marathon pace, whereas I sort of under the understanding that potentially when it first started, it was more, say, six-minute reps at 60-minute pace, but you're only doing sort of one session, like still long sessions, but the intensity is a little bit higher uh, than what you're doing for two sessions. Has it evolved over, like, 15, 20 years? Uh,
2: Marius was a a 5K only guy. He was... uh... He was a little bit like a one-man show. He and his coach was testing out stuff. Marius uh, Marius came from the same background as uh, Mills. He was a fast 800-meter guy, flogging himself. And then they started to create this system. And in the beginning, uh, I think what you said is spot on. Mm. They... They ran, the sessions were a little bit more connected back in the days. And then Ingebrigtsen people and also Sondre Moen and, and Sindri Burros was creating some more kind of a gap between the morning and the afternoon. So the morning became a little bit easier, more around two millimoles, that is not 60 minute pace, but more marathon pace. And in the afternoon, going a little bit shorter. And a little bit faster so if you are talking about 400 meters around 10k pace if you are talking about 1k repeat somewhere around 15k to half marathon pace yeah so b- but they are building the system also with new shoes i think it's possible to get more volume so they have created more of a gap between mm. the morning and the afternoon
0: the only reason i brought it up christian was because i feel like people now when they think of the norwegian system it's like well you need to be doing two sessions a day and i know i reached out to you a couple of years ago and said hey i want to give this sort of norwegian system a go like i don't want to do two sessions a day but like if i'm doing six minute reps sort of what pace should i do and I remember you saying six minute reps around 60 minute pace if you're doing k's maybe four seconds a k faster than that and if you're doing four hundreds off 30 seconds recovery then you know between 5K and 30 minutes sort of pace, but do a couple of sets of it, maybe start on the more conservative side. And, like, I had a lot of success two years ago in terms of the sessions weren't hard, but my fitness definitely progressed. Um, So I think people listening out there, like, you don't necessarily need to go and do two sessions a day, but you can still sort of follow the Norwegian system and get some benefit from it.
2: Yeah, I would say that one of the most important parts with this system is that, the the best talent in this sport is usually the the people with the best mentality also. They know the kind of intensity they need for each session in their mind. When you're talking about a guy like Sean Crichton, you, you don't have to give Sean Crichton a lactate measurement. Sean Crichton, he knew what he needed all the time. And that was one of the reasons why he became one of the best. And if you talk with Monagetti. Monoghetti will say that the reason he became so good was so many years with 180 to 200k. Mm. But if you flog yourself twice a week, like George Mills and the English people did, they are not running 180 to 200, mm. they are running 100k a week because they are so tired. So if you go with this system, I think this can be a place for stupid people. To be more that we trust the lactate measurement, we do what we are supposed to do instead of just running on peak. Yeah.
1: Is there still a long run in the week or like medium? So no That
2: means also well, That no, it's not no midweek long run. I will say that this system is intervals or sessions or is easy runs. I have talked my, with Marius Bock and myself. He's a doctor these days following the sport is a really really nice guy back in the days he put up every single week of training on letsrun.com on the forum there he he was talking about the Norwegian system 20 years ago on the internet if you go on let's run and you are right in Maurice Bakken you can find posts from to early 2000 so this system has have been there but uh Of course, Jacob being Olympic champion and the world champion twice in the 5,000 meter is easier for other people to accept that, okay, Jacob is doing this. He's the best. Let's follow Jacob. So, yeah, the the system is becoming better. But all in all, the system has been there for ages.
0: I think summarizing the system is basically not overreaching in training. And, like, you know, when you mentioned Sean Crichton, so his his coach was Pat Clohessy, who... Um, went over to college and was a pretty good college runner but I believe like he used to absolutely nail himself and then when he turned into becoming a coach he's like well you know I absolutely destroyed myself I don't think you need to be doing you know training as hard and so essentially the Norwegian system and guys like Crichton it's it's not overreaching in training that's essentially what it is.
2: Yeah and to be able to not overreach in training you need to have ego, you need to have the smartness, you need to believe that today is training, tomorrow is racing. So you need to just find the balance. And if you cannot naturally find the balance, let's say that the, the thing that you enjoy the most in running is going out every Sunday and run as hard as you can. This instrument can make you become part of life. Okay, I do what I should do. I don't go out, kill myself, because mm. I want to have three millimore on the measurement. Let's have three millimore, not seven millim. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it'd be a non-negotiable if you're going to follow this training program that you have one of the lactate testers machines. You, is...
2: you you need to buy this machine. It's around six hundred the Europe uh, U.S. The so, uh, Australian dollars, and I have to say, I think five to ten years from now, all people in Australia will have this system as well. Just, and we are talking about a machine that is half yeah. your hand, it
1: looks like a half a size of an iPhone in your hand there. Yeah. And then Julian and,
2: is putting out some content sometimes back home with his treadmill, he had this lactate measurement.
1: Uh, he goes through phases, that guy, though, mate. He's giving up <laughs> yeah. on that. He'll get a heart rate monitor back on soon. Um, Hey,
0: Christian, one more question on it. Do you think, though, if you've been doing this for a while, that you can start to internally feel the effort and not need the lactate measurements as often?
2: Yeah, because what will happen is that you will start to – it's one out of two. You start to measure lower or you start to run faster and measure the same. And you have to remember that this system was created for Marius. He ran 13.06 with old shoes. And he was training with Nick Biddle. He was training with Craig Mottram. So if you ask Nick uh, Nick about this system, he will tell, I, kn- I knew about this system 20 years ago. So this, this is something that has been on there and people that have been in the sport have known about. But what this machine can make you do is that you stop questioning yourself mm. you just believe in the machine
0: yeah yeah and that's one of the downsides i think of like gps watches over the years is like back in the day you never had feedback on how fast you are running and so people probably ran to feel a little bit more whereas now it's like you have a preconceived idea when you walk out the door what you want your watch to say and regardless of the weather conditions you're going to run as hard as you need to to satisfy the watch which goes against everything you know, the Norwegian system stands for.
2: Yeah, and this Norwegian system has developed because people are, uh, people in this industry, they are smart people. A guy like Andreas Almgren, he's a Swedish guy. I think he ran 27, 24 or something in the Valencia 10K now. He's going for Barcelona half this weekend as well. He and Sondre Mowen is probably the only two guys that have done a lot of, uh, long stuff, like one hour tempo with this measurement. So mm. when we are talking about the system with Ingebrigtsen, they know how to, to run five times six minutes, six times six, 10 or 12 times a K. They have lactate measurement on, on all stuff that is related to 5K, 3K and 1500 meters. But if you go upwards, it's very, it's very few people that really know how to put this stuff mm. together. And like you said, with GPS watches, I'm talking with Sondra pretty much all day. He said uh, five, six years ago, I cannot have Strava because what happens if if I put up all my training on Strava is that I am doing so much uh, training that is uh, like simple, easy training that people would, I will become more like a... I need to go faster because all the other people on Strava is running faster. Yeah. So you need to be sensible what you can do. Andreas Törnqvist is putting up all his training, so you can see what he is doing. But at the same time, he, he is doing simple stuff.
1: Mm. So Sandre would be doing long runs and stuff, though, wouldn't he? He just ran sixty minutes yeah. on, on yesterday,
2: and he is doing with this stuff. But the problem with talking about Sondre, Of course, he's a really good friend of me, but we are talking about a guy that he, he ran 60-11. He has five races now from 60-20, six races from 59-48 to 60-20. So when we are talking about uh, the Norwegian model with Sondre in Norway, people will not talk to us because it's so hard to relate to him. This guy has run 205. He has a phenomenal base. It's really hard to accept that the way he's training is the way we should train because he has been in this long run game so long. But but he's he had his period with Renato Canova. He, he he did not do anything of this. He was trusting Renato doing the Renato system. Was no double days. Was no lactate. Was no heart. Was no heart rate. All training was related to pace, and he did that for. Three, four th- three or four years. And then he broke up with Renato. I went a little bit back to the roots where he came from. But it's not the same as he did in 2015. This system has developed for him as well.
1: So what percentage of your like group you train with would own one of the lactate testing machines thingies?
2: You know, in Norway now, it's like running is the most easy, it's the most cheap sport in the world. So if you can buy a machine for $600 yeah, uh, dollars and you have the machine for 10 years, so pretty much all people have a machine these days. But, but one thing is to have a machine. Another thing is to do what you should do and trust the machine. Uh, I can have the machine and every time I measure, I measure five or six mm-hmm. millimoles. It doesn't matter if you have the machine.
0: Yeah. It's like it's no different to when you have a heart rate strap on. It's like you have a heart rate strap on, you know where your zones are, but if you don't abide by them and you just run to effort and you run over those um those thresholds, the value of the heart rate monitors it's not worth it. That's when you take
2: it off. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but and the machine is a little bit more precise. If you train a lot, your heart rate will become lower and lower. You get like more Stimuli, so it's harder to, to get the heart rate up. I have heard you several times said, Grove, that when you are coming back after a small mm-hmm. break, you have the heart rate is insanely high. You can almost never get there when you are fit and in big training. So the lactate is a better system, but, but yeah, I agree. If you just ignore the lactate, then you can just run on field, do as you want, to. Yeah. do as you did earlier.
1: I reckon we buy a shipping container of these things, Croaks. Start selling them in Australia. 600 we, US, that's like 850 Australian, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I had a look online. Just like in the 700s. We'll sell them out Moose's
1: store. We'll get like Toby and Jimmy Friends shipping them out in envelopes.
0: Yeah. Could be honest.
1: All
2: yeah? people will have this, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and that's the, what I'm saying. Let's, strips, let's get ahead of the it.
0: It's expensive though as well
2: yeah not expensive but yeah i don't know two two dollar each one and a half i don't know in norway everything is more expensive but but people don't care it's, it's uh, cheaper than the bicycling and the cross-country skiing
1: mm, that's what you're comparing it to oh very yeah. good i feel like i've just had a bit of personal development on the norwegian system and um know a bit about that and let's go monday through to sunday chriso tell us what you've been doing
2: Okay, so one of the changes I have done I've started to do gym sessions every Monday. So lifting quite heavy and lifting Five times five reps I will say so I mean heavy for for me But I have done that every Monday. So every Monday is pretty much have been one run So one hour ten outside and then went for the gym
1: before Before you move on crooks. Have you seen this on his Monday run? He's listed about 15 people in their half marathon PBs. And, yeah. Entitled a hit, hit list. Hit list. Called them out. It's that taking names. I hope names. you
0: will not go there.
1: I love this. What are you... This, you just gonna, this, throughout 2024, these are people you're going to beat or you want to beat their PBs this week at Barcelona? It's a big list. Uh,
2: to be honest, uh, I'm at a point in my life where I don't care too much about other people. I need to find the hate <laughs> and I need to find the motivation for running the past I I, I can't. When I started to create this list, this list was a list with people I respect because they have done a hell of a job, but people with absolutely no talent at all. <laughs> and then this list become a little bit bigger. You see the name of Gravdal is there. Of course, she, is, she should not be on the list, but it's just, okay, that is the top she's Norwegian girl. Yeah. And I then we it. have the, the top the list, Swedish girl as well.
0: The list wasn't enough. It's got to come on a podcast and say they've got no talent. <laughs> And they're running 67 minutes.
2: <laughs> yeah, but, but it's, it, i would say it's better to be a no-talent guy and run 67 than be a guy like—who can I compare to? A guy like—oh, uh, what's the name of the guy you have on the other show with Julian?
1: Race. Edwards. Race. Race.
2: If race trains serious, he can run to 208.
1: Oh, so you're saying he? Yeah. So he's got the talent wasting, to run to a
2: is He's wasting his talent. He can be an Olympic, but he can go to the Olympic. That guy have the same capacity as Liam Abbott.
3: Yeah. He's
2: just doing stupid things and not training as serious as he should. You
1: should see him in person too. I saw him yesterday. So vascular, tall, perfect technique. Great mover, isn't he? Oh, veins. I said to Moose in the first 100 metres of the workout when he ran off in front of us, mm-hmm. I just said, check this bloke yeah. out.
0: He looks, like, amazing. I used to see him down at a, a park run here in Canberra when he was doing, like, triathlons, and he'd roll around there in, like, 1550, like, looking, looking good, and you're like... How does that guy only run 15.50? When he, he was not good, he, yeah. Yeah, he just wasn't running, like, the volume, just didn't have the strength or, or the, the miles behind him. But, yeah, he's he's a great mover. Okay. So
1: he's the opposite yeah. of your hit list. These people <laughs> yeah. don't move that good, but they've run some decent times and you want to take them down. Is that what we're hearing?
2: Yeah, and they have done a hell of a job. I can tell you one of these guys named Ule McCall, he had run 67.03. It's Still today, for me, when I think about that race, it's hard for me to fall asleep. (laughs) It is unbelievable that it's possible for a guy like that man to run 6703. But, yeah, I mean, if I run 6803, I will be really happy. A big PB. And I'm still one minute behind him. So this hit list is also a list when all these people are laughing. But at the same time, I'm giving them a a lot of credit yeah, he runs... You see a guy like among, Ashka, 67-43, this guy has zero talent, and he ran 220 <laughs> also for the marathon.
0: It is a good sport like that, though, Christian, where, as you said, like you don't necessarily need a lot of talent to you know, improve and, and run some pretty decent times, whereas there's a lot of other sports out there that it doesn't matter how much hard work you put into it, you're never going to be that good. Um, whereas you can actually do that in in this sport. Oh, yeah,
1: you're talking to two yeah. guys, croaks who have done it. Man, Chris, they've got no talent compared to you. Look at us,
0: we're doing <laughs> a ride. Please, around. please. Done, done a couple uh, of things. Mate, I used to walk the school cross country.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the guy with the most talent on your show, I think we all four are pretty, pretty, yeah, honest that that's Crokes. But Crokes is older than you two and have. Mm. Had his problems, but of course, Brady, you can run the same time as Julian. But Julian had probably be a smarter guy in the training, and also back in the days, Julian did stuff that we have forgot about. He went to Boulder for altitude. He yeah. went to different camps. I mean, Julian at his A game, he did everything he could for running as fast as possible. Pretty much a pro was athlete, in... wasn't
0: he? Forgot about yeah, that, but... saint
2: Moritz <laughs> But at the same time still today it's hard for Australian people to run Julian's time so of course he did a one hell of a job and he put out three four years with really solid training and also he had the mindset of finding the the right buttons the last three four weeks before a marathon i remember several times he took like three weeks before the race he had two three rest days he did small stuff all the time that was spot on Mm. Might
1: do something pretty you, special in three can weeks run as with well. Ah, uh, yeah, we'll get to that maybe a bit later when I recap our workout yesterday because I did run with him for about twenty-five yeah. k yesterday. But we'll get to that. But tell us, we're only Let's on get Monday, to Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to do <laughs> that. It,
2: it's hard with the Hit List. you can't imagine my Strava these days. If I run a shit race on Sunday, maybe I will be off
1: Strava. <laughs> no, you're gone. maybe I'm
2: gone.
1: <laughs> You'll never be off Strava. So the the double uh, we, workout uh, we, day, Tuesday. Sorry,
2: it, we, can we say, what about how
0: Chris O gets 321 kudos for his jog to Bizlet and five laps warm up? <laughs> yeah.
1: he's not 14,000 followers. Have you seen the groups he's in, though? This is how he gets his followers, I think. You look at how many oh, groups God, he's man. on on his page. Like, he's in groups like Athletics Victoria, Steigen, yeah. Sunshine Coast Half Marathon. You don't even know where these places are. <laughs>
2: I know more about Australia than I know about Sweden
1: <laughs> probably but there's no reason for you to be in Athletics Victoria Strava group
2: I, I follow I follow the sport in Australia so I just joined the group now nah, but let's move on Tuesday we had the session so 12 times 2 laps inside Bishlet. wanted to run around 3:25 pace that means pretty much around marathon pace so 1k repeats with 60 seconds rest around marathon pace should be around two more. So uh, I had 1.7 after six. Felt fine. We ran a little bit faster Then I had 2.5 after 12. So all in all felt really good. Okay. Good. But the Norwegian system is usually you go longer and slower in the morning and shorter and faster in the afternoon. So I have not done 100% what the other guys are doing. I will try to do that after Barcelona, but I needed some space now for just moving into the system, not going in too fast. So, Bislett is the best place you can imagine for training. It's indoor, all people running the same direction, the temperature is perfect, and you know it's easy to follow along on the the paces that you don't run too fast. Okay. And we were a big group together. We are training a big group together, 10 o'clock Tuesday and Thursday.
1: Had some Morton in there as well. Changed shoes throughout the workout?
2: No, nah, changed shoes before. So we had the Hoka Rocket X2. I have to say, I'm not sponsored by anyone, but I have to say, Hoka has really stepped up. The last two shoes they have came out with, this Rocket X2 and this Cielo X1, is really, really good.
1: Really? We got to listen to a question on Patreon last week about how can we never speak about hocus shoes. And it's just like never hey, really i I'm trying to think. They of are that.
2: the number one brand in Norway.
1: Yeah, but I'm trying to think if we have any like elite marathoners that would wear those in a race.
2: I've never run in a pair. Neither,
1: ever. yeah. You yeah, their presence. I think they have like got a niche kind of market here in Australia. The boys in the shoe no, shop would know more, but yeah, it doesn't two, seem three to feel years through.
2: Ago, they didn't have any good super shoes two years ago, but, but these shoes now are really good and okay. and with spikes. I tell you the 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 hoka spike now is crazy. The guy who won the Boston indoor, he have it. Norve Nuros, the guy who was third in the in world champion, he's on the hoka shoes as well. I, I will probably say it's better than than the the Nike shoe. It's really really good spike.
1: It really is a level playing field now, isn't it, with shoes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter what brand you It's all you're good with.
2: to see. Even in the US Trials this weekend, mm. we saw all these different shoes. I yeah. think it was one girl, top 20, with Nike shoes.
1: Really? Just one in the whole top 20? Yeah. Yeah. Remember that four years ago? It was like they're literally giving no, out their shoes because they're like, we've got an unfair advantage. Everyone can have a Yeah, day. eight
2: years ago. Of- Eight years ago, Galen Ruff and Kipchoge was standing on the start line in Rio with the yeah. super shoes and all other people had the normals. No mm. one even
1: knew our, so they, they, No one knew it was even a super shoe then.
0: Yeah, well, it's, inter- oh, it's interesting so now prototype. to think whether the result of that Olympics would have been different because we, we, we now know how much of a difference those super shoes make compared to the traditional racing flats.
1: Well, they invented the shoe yeah. before they had the rule. Yeah. So you can say, "Oh no, it still fits with the rule now, but the rule wasn't there because it didn't need to be."
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, some of the girls that ran the US trials that year, back in twenty sixteen, when uh, Flanagan and the other girl that was coach both yeah. Nike girls,
3: mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think crack.
2: those girls with Yeah Amy as well, they will probably not have been top three without the shoe.
1: Mm-hmm. It, the it's
2: hard. It's hard for people to realize that some girls might might lost their career that year Mm. because of shoots. Mm. You can imagine in US the US trials for the marathon almost bigger than the Olympics.
1: So who Des Linden also made that team, but I wonder who was fourth, fifth and sixth. I'll look that up while we're talking.
2: If you were Adidas runner, you had a it was a nightmare for three, four years. Remember the Dubai Marathon, the Adidas guy that just took the Nike shoe and won the race in a Adidas singlet yeah. with the Nike shoe. Imagine how crazy this sport was some years ago. Nike had it all. And now, I would say it's an even playing field. It's so good to see that we are, once again, we are back where it started. And I saw the new test that with the Alpha 3 compared to the Alpha 1, no chance at all. People are saying... And you saw with uh, with Connor Mans, mm. he won, was racing in all Alpha One. Co- yeah, a guy like Gern uh, Alpha One prototype kind of shoe. So when Gern Ruff is running in the Alpha One, you can imagine the Alpha Three is probably not the same level for him.
1: Mm. Do you reckon? Obviously, they mustn't have anything in their contract, like because it's not a great PR like experiment for Nike. Their biz, their you know their company they're running for to say, hey, I'm going with the shoe that you guys invented four years ago, not the shoe that you invented, like got released two weeks ago.
2: Maybe this is a little bit harsh to say, but I think Nike don't care at all about athletics anymore. One of the head bosses in in Nike was a really big fan of the sport. When he quit the job, it seems like Nike was fuck this athletics. There's no money here anymore we need to sell, sell shoes for normal people and we just invest in football and basketball.
1: didn't they just like cut their um golf um department to then con- would. yeah to concentrate more on running though to put their attention I back don't know. in yeah i think i heard that could be completely wrong though
2: the only thing i know that is i saw that nike is not selling shoes to normal people anymore even in us i mean normal walking shoe in the us is Hoka and brooks mm. They have a big big problem in nike now with running and the sport of running and and maybe they don't care Maybe all in all this super shoe game is no money
1: Cara gacha was 40 mm. 50 seconds behind Surely uh, Nike even... as well Was she or she was did she nike But did she change late in her career? Yeah
2: was some trouble with Salas or maybe. Yeah, before.
1: I don't think she was yeah. Nike at that stage. I reckon she'd left. But anyway,
2: if you go on and uh, let's run, and you find a lot of posts,
1: because she was very outspoken about it, mm. about the super yeah. shoes. Um, all right. Oh, but, Crusoe we're still on Tuesday Liam morning. And, Oh yeah.
2: Liam Adams and Sondre Moon was on the start line. They stood next to Gail, and Sondre is one of the biggest nerds you can imagine. He was a Nike athlete. One of the best people we have around. He had the old Zoom streak. Yeah. And he was watching down 10 seconds before the start line. And he could see that Gaelen was running with some other shoots. And even Kip So you can imagine the state of mind there.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that would suck. Is that your company. All right, so that's your Tuesday morning. Good chat. Let's keep going. Tuesday afternoon. So the yeah, so- second session of the day
2: yeah so instead of going with the standard norwegian system when i have done double base i have gone the second workout on the treadmill and i'm running uphill so creating some kind of stimulus on the heart but not that much on the legs so running six times six minutes at ten percent incline i wanted to hit pretty much around the same as i had in the morning so for this i had 1.6 millimole at three set three reps and 2.2 after six and this was one of my best 10% incline session. I did not feel that tired. Earlier when I started with this, this 10% incline was a little bit heavier.
1: Okay. What your heart rate get? Are you wearing heart rate on there? Like 10%, yeah,
2: 10% incline. Everything.
0: It's only getting like max heart rate of like 152. Really?
2: Yes. Mm. So it's really controlled. You can imagine... If you take the heart rate average for a marathon, I will be
1: between 160 and 165. I just know 10% well, though. This, Sometimes I jog on my treadmill at the gym and put it on like one and a half. Is that when you put it up to one and 1.5, does that mean one and a half percent?
2: Yeah. That feels you put like... put it to
1: 10. Yeah, you put that to 10. Okay. Maybe but but this is it what is. I
2: will change. I, when I go with after Barcelona, I will go more with the Norwegian double system But this is more like a coming into the system. This is a yeah. easy way in. I mean, I'm running 11 Kilometre per hour to 11 and a half. So this is more like This is base training. You just you breathe But you are not that lactic. and you don't run fast. So, you know, don't have any muscle problems.
3: Yeah All
1: right next day. Oh
2: so, Wednesday 1 hour 10 easy I was outside just running where it was no ice so It was pretty flat and then in the afternoon 40 minutes on the treadmill and I put up some stats for January it was a good 710k 19 workouts so all in all it was a solid January. I don't know how many k you had for Brady probably 750
1: Mmm, I could tell you yeah. Yeah.
2: 7.10 for me is okay. I mean, the biggest I've been is a little bit over 800. And I have some months of 750. But 7.10 is good.
1: That is good. Um, oh, no, nah, it just gives me week by week. I don't even know how to say the whole month. I would have averaged like 165k, whatever that is. Or oh, maybe less because I raced. Anyway, this is your week, yeah, but, Don't worry about we. me.
2: Yeah. And Tuesday we went for the a new session. So I wanted to have a tempo. So, running inside in Bichlet, wanted to have around 3.30 per pace. So, went 31 laps inside, so almost one hour. 59 minutes and 19 seconds. Average 3.29. I had, yeah, 2.5 millimole after the session. And this is one of the hard stuff. When you're starting to go outside of the Ingebrigtsen systems, that is training toward a 5k and you wanted to have this kind of system for running lower longer distances it's not many people that have data it's andreas angren and Sondra mohan that is the only two i know so i wanted to have one hour steady pace and 3:30 for me probably yeah let's say i can run 225 for the marathon 325 average so this is five seconds slower than marathon pace so was feeling relaxed was taking drinks during the session. People were coming in and out. Some people ran 20 laps, took one lap break, joined the last 10. Some people ran six laps, took one lap off. So for me, this is good. You can see the heart rate average 153, so probably 10 10 beats lower than the average heart rate will be for a marathon. So it was a solid tempo. This is like a tempo that croaks have Done a lot of earlier. Just he ran
1: faster because he was a two sixteen guy. Two seventeen. <laughs> yeah, don't
2: give him that extra minute. Um, and I and I did it over heels.
1: Thirty-one laps, though. So mentally, that must be hard. Wait, well, how many lanes what? is it? Two lanes, the track.
2: Ah, but it, yeah, but it's more like four lanes. It's no problem in there because you don't feel like you're running on a track. It's more like you feel like you're running on a bike path. Okay. And And since it's easy to follow each lap, you know how fast you want to go each lap. People are coming in and out. It's easy with drinks on tables there. Everything is spot on. So it's at least one second a kilometre better place for running than outside this.
0: Are you worried about, like, muscle imbalances running around, like, in circles for an hour? No,
2: No, it's no bends there. It's, like it's 542 and a half a meter around there and no i'm not worried people have been doing big big stuff there for going to a marathon a guy a 216 guy andreas Ruchat is his name He will run uh Sevilla marathon the week after barcelona sometimes he have 60 laps in there
3: mm-hmm.
1: there's gonna be some kind of bend He going around in a circle <laughs> okay, was, yeah but, but say it's not,
2: you know you know a short I know what you mean. Like it's just gradual. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Not like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I guess.
2: Of course, I mean, since you're running 542 meters in a circle, of course bends. But they are not built up.
1: Not tight, yeah. Not banked.
2: Yeah.
1: All right, next up.
2: That was a good one. No session in the afternoon. Friday was 40 minutes in the morning, 40 minutes in the afternoon. And then this, uh, oh, Hang Saturday.
1: on, you've got a daily double here. You average the same pace in the morning as the afternoon. Did you know that? You went exactly the, the same. Ah, oh, okay, yeah. Well, of course I
2: know. I put the same on yeah. the treadmill every
1: single Sorry, Sorry. That's, that's not a daily double if you're controlling those kind of factors. All right, and then the weekend. Now, and then we had, yeah, the weekend. The
2: Saturday we had a session outside, went 12 times 1K, slow 1K fast. With 90 seconds recovery, it was a little bit windy outside, and I wanted a hard session for like a little bit of blowing the the cylinders before the race. So one of the guys here was Sindra. It was a big group of good guys. So we went. Let's see, 323, 306, 2106, 1803, 1404, 11257, 13255
1: oh Crusoe <laughs> got moving so this
2: is gps and this fast one is with tailwind and i was running behind three people
1: still straight line though the gps be pretty accurate it's I also
2: 50
0: i was just gonna say it's also impressive because like you haven't been doing any speed and this this is the thing i found when i was training this way as well Is you think oh Like, I'm not doing a whole heap of speed work. Like, I was maybe doing some short heels and some 400s, like, no faster than 5K pace. But, you know, like, that's those fast reps were almost as fast as you, you go when you're in, like, your best shape.
2: Yeah, we can say this every single episode, but running 5K pace, or let's say for me 3K pace, have nothing to do with speed. Mm-hmm. Running 250 is endurance, and it's endurance only. If you want to go with speed work, these have. A, you don't need speed work to train for a 5K. You just need a hell load of, of volume and build a big, big uh, base of fast pace. So what you said, Crocs, I feel the same. I went into this session. I have almost not done anything else than 330 to 320 pace we had some sessions with 20 times 500 around 310 pace at the last four or five weeks but the only reason you can run fast is because you have a better yeah you are a stronger runner You you don't need to go out and run 26 27 seconds for a 200 meter you don't need that kind of training
1: Good session. Good session.
2: Yeah, it was good, but I had probably 50 DMs from people asking if we had lost the mind once again. One week before you race, you kill yourself once again, blah, blah, blah. So, as I told you guys, this uh, Strava community, it give and take. Some days I just want to turn it off myself.
1: Hey, the proof will be in the pudding next week.
2: It's the reason why I'm here the week before the race. <laughs>
1: Hey, you're looking good. If you can do a workout like that, hopefully. What is, what's 68? Zero, 68, zero. 68,
2: 30 is 315. Yeah.
1: If you can roll those paces for 12 by 1K.
2: And then on Sunday, I did, I know crocs like this. Why, why don't you, what do you want with a long, long, long run, seven days before a half marathon? I went 60 minutes and 60 minutes only, and then I went to bed.
0: Good. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you need to do a long run, like a super long run, the week before a race.
2: No, I know. You said several times to Brady. Also, you give uh, this to your people seven days before a ten k race. Why give people two hours? What <laughs> they're going to do with two hours?
1: I yeah. usually cut it back to ninety minutes before an A race. Yeah, I,
2: ninety minutes is okay.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm I'm on the 90 minutes as well.
1: That's funny because you're saying, well, oh, you can't get that much fitter, you know, the week out from the race, but you've just also banged 12 by 1K as eight days out from the but race. It's
2: something about just have one session. It's almost like you just won one session when you can breathe a little bit harder. <laughs> I don't know what happened fitness-wise. I don't think you get a lot, but something is happening. I don't know yeah. what.
1: Rust buster kind of work, yeah. Monofart looks good yeah. for that. I like that ten days out from a hard race, just to like teach it to hurt a bit and like just got and to run hard and fast.
2: It's a big difference with sixty and ninety seconds standing recovery for one k repeats as well. So yep. a lot of people can run fast with ninety seconds standing. So yep. all in all, I had hundred and thirty nine k for the week. This week, probably like hundred, including the race, maybe hundred and five. I will go to Valencia Friday, and the race is 9 o'clock Sunday morning.
1: Are you racing in Barcelona or Valencia? Barcelona, half. Oh, i say so flight of... Sorry
2: if I said Valencia. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: sorry. Yeah, you fly direct to um, Barcelona. Yeah. yeah.
2: So half, half of the Norwegian country is there. Yes. Yeah.
1: 500 <laughs> yeah. people probably. Do they take their lactate test and do it straight after the race? Get a quick one? That, so...
2: I did that after one 10k race. I had 11 and a half. Yeah, okay.
1: You know you're I working. I wonder
2: what we have. That kind of data would have been fun. If Crocs can be, in, be in on the finish line with the measurements <laughs> and he can just stick the finger. He can start with candy, running 57 minutes. Try to see what candy has.
1: Would have been good at Albert Park yesterday, I reckon, Crocs, taking a few people's lactates. A few people yeah. working a bit hard. <laughs> Harder than they thought they were working. Anyway, tell us about your week, Crocs.
0: Um, Don't yeah, be afraid a pretty... to
1: whistle through it. I recommend you might yeah. whistle through our legs considering we're, uh, yeah. we've been recording for an hour and a half, but we're only really 45 minutes in.
0: Yeah, so Tuesday was a session down at the lake. Uh, it was three sets of uh, a three-minute rep, a two-minute rep, and a one-minute rep. So having a minute recovery between the three and the two, the two and the one, and then having 90 seconds recovery after the one minute before going back to the three. Um, yeah, morning session, like first set, like I almost was ready just to jog home, jog back to the start because it felt like i ran 313 for the three minute rep 307 for the two and 259 and for the three and the two minute rep i felt like i was absolutely sprinting like really yeah yeah just I, something about the mornings where a 20 minute warm-up change shoes and a few strides i don't know if it's an age thing but it just doesn't cut it like my perceived effort and like my heart rate's probably not too bad um, but my perceived effort for those were just so hard. And then the session got easier. So then the second set was 312, 301, 256. So by the two minute rep, I'm then starting to feel like that 301 was easier than the 307 um, on the first set. And then I went 310, 259, 249. So um, yeah, like it was a pretty good session in the end. It's just, I'm not ready to go at that time in the morning for the for the faster reps. Um, and it's sort it's of the reason
2: going, why the Norwegian system is the longer, slower in the morning.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And like I think for me, like this stuff now at my age, like these paces, um, I find they just bang me up. Well, not so much. I don't get sore from them, but I just feel really fatigued from a from a faster session. Whereas a couple of weeks ago, I said I was down the coast doing those three minute reps with Matt Johnson, and it was more in that sort of Norwegian, of you know every rep felt super controlled finished it could have done you know it was probably running 315s for the for the k reps and pulled up really well the next day um, energy levels were really high so anyway that was tuesday wednesday What you but,
2: give yourself these days crocs 15 flat and 68 flat for the half
0: nah no nah, like i i wouldn't i wouldn't run 15 flat i reckon maybe 1530 um nah, told. Well, I don't know. I'd I'd need really good conditions. Maybe one of your like tailwind reps or something. I, I don't yeah. think i in the track. Yeah. Like I don't think I'd go f- much quicker than fifteen thirty. Um yeah. Anyway, hopefully when I go to Melbourne next week I get the all clear to maybe do a race at some point. Um yeah, Wednesday, 90 minutes, four eighteens out at Mulligan's. And then Thursday was my first day back at work. So I didn't actually run to the afternoon. And this, because I haven't been doing many afternoon runs at all, mainly because I haven't been working. So it's like, we'll get it done in the morning. Plus the weather's quite hot. But I went out this afternoon and it was like 30 degrees. But the heat actually didn't bother me because my body felt so good at running at like 4.30 in the afternoon compared to like 8 in the morning. That, you know, biomechanically and, yeah, it was actually quite an enjoyable run. Like average 4.19s. Um, The heat really didn't bother me, and it was was enjoyable because the first 3K wasn't a grind like it normally is in the mornings. Uh, Friday, we are actually out at Stromlo, uh, the cross-country course, for a bit of a session because the people that are training for the marathon, they were doing um, some three-minute hill reps up the road to Mount Stromlo, Um, and people that weren't doing the marathon, I thought they don't really need to be doing that. So we did um, a 12-minute tempo just on the 2K loop, uh, two and a half minute jog after that, and then five by two minute on with a one minute pretty solid jog. I uh, did this with um Sam Hopper. He was down from Sydney. Um, had some like ASIC shoes there to like wear test and stuff. And like the GPS is a bit out on this, but I reckon I was running probably 320 uh, b- between 320 and 325 for the 12 minute rep on the grass over a few little hills. Um, and then the two minute reps were probably uh like 305 to 310 like depending on the terrain whether i was running an uphill or a downhill um yeah so average 323s for the whole session on the gps but it would have been more like probably 328s uh on the actual course for that session so you wear the um,
2: heart rate strap
0: i did wear i did wear my heart rate strap for that um yeah yeah.
2: you can see the difference with the 12 minute in the beginning you have 159 average and the last two minutes you have 172 so yeah what do you give yourself for a half marathon for the average heart rate 170 165
0: yeah probably mid probably mid mid to high 160s yeah Yeah. like it it was definitely it was definitely a harder session like it was definitely a solid session by the end of it yeah like the tempo i think could have been the tempo could have been probably a little bit even slower. Um, and then I could have maybe punched the two minutes a bit more with like probably a slow jog. I think the, the jog recoveries in between ended up being pretty solid. Because you know what it's like when you you go from running like like low three-minute Ks, even running four-minute Ks feels pretty slow. But sometimes you're not recovering, you know, mm. as well as you should. Getcha. Yeah, it does. Whereas if I was, you know, running 4.30s to five minutes, turn it more into a shuffle – I definitely feel better on each of those two minute reps.
1: That's where on Coach our bro- coaching thing, sorry Chris, I so will put in there like two minutes jog recovery, super slow. Purpose of this is to get your heart rate down. Like I don't care if it's seven minute a k pace. Like this is the purpose here. You're not. It's not going to look as sexy on Strava when you're floating mm-hmm. the recoveries or jogging a bit quicker. But the purpose of that two minutes is to get your heart rate to drop as much as possible before you go again.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I find as well you probably need to slow it down even more so when it's warm mm. because in the heat your heart just heart rate just doesn't come down. Did you put the Asics uh, shoes on? Uh no, I wore uh, the original Saucony Endorphin Pros. Oh, yeah. Great, I, I thought great warm, shoe, I thought...
1: shoe choice when you're with the Asics big dog in uh-huh.
0: Australia. I warmed up in the super blast though. I oh, would have been um, happy. I thought they'd be good for the for that grass though because they're like a bit of a low sort of profile shoe. Um, Yeah, and then Saturday, 4.23s out at Mulligans, um, 10.3K. And then Sunday was actually really fun. We had like eight guys, um, well, seven guys and and Leanne Pompiani. So there was a couple of guys down from Wollongong, a couple of guys that I run with. um, Sam Hopper was still in town. So, yeah, we did um, two hours, 4.12s. This is probably the best i felt on a long run for – or since sort of getting back into it. So it was just – just over well, twenty eight point seven K um for a week of hundred and two. So just I think that's what, one five weeks in a row of a hundred K? It's amazing
2: how good you can train with only hundred K.
0: Yeah, I don't feel that's like talent, I'm Chris. Uh, no nah, like I don't yeah, yeah. I don't feel like I'm actually going like amazingly well. Like I think I, I think I need another twenty odd K. Um I'm
2: no, going you out. Have one day of rest. You have midweek long. You have yeah. the long run over here. All you're you have missing is doubles. Yeah. The only I, thing you are missing here is 50K of jog.
0: I'm ticking a lot of boxes. I just need to go and, I suppose, test myself because uh, I just don't really know where I'm at at the moment. Um, yeah, and as I said, I, I could probably afford to just go back to a couple more of those Norwegian-style sessions because I am doing – like, both my sessions recently, other than that one down the coast, they've probably been just at the higher end, whereas I think – I could maybe extend the length of the sessions a little bit and just make it a little bit more controlled. And I think my fitness would probably progress a little bit better. Give us a uh, Leanne Pompiani update. Oh, uh, yeah. So back running, um, she's going to be doing the Mori Plant 5K. Um, so her focus now is on the track. Yep. For but the good, rest of the Olympic campaign. Back. Yeah. Yeah. So I think she's still – yeah, she's – um. Yeah, not like 100% pain-free, but like way better than she was and seems to be able to, you know, get through what she needs to do to be able to train for 5K. She did the whole
1: two hours with you? No,
0: nah, she did um 22K. So okay, she did, still... yeah, first 30, what did she do? Yeah, Our 33. Yeah, she averaged 416s for that, so...
4: Yeah, but true, if you look
2: at the ranges of pace you have in those two sessions, you have the 12-minute tempo in the beginning around 3.20 or something, and you have the one minute where you are close to 2.50. So you are taking a lot of boxes. Even the session is maybe a little bit on the low side on the volume. Mm-hmm. You are still – you have a good mix of range here as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm in, I'm in a good spot. Please, I'm fitter right now than I was this time last year. And also the same time two years ago and, like, last year just before Gold Coast, before the heart stuff, like, I was in really, really good shape. And two years ago, you know, I ran, like, 30.30 at Sydney 10 and ran that 2.23 at Gold Coast. And, and I'm, ahead of, I'm ahead of where I was both those years. So, yeah, I'm in, I'm in a good spot. I just hope to um, get the all clear to, you yeah, know, to train a bit more properly and, and do some races.
1: Then you'll start writing a list, I reckon. These are some names you're going to take in the second half of <laughs> yeah.
2: 2024. Oh, There's hitlers from crocs.
1: Just if give us one name, croc. Who would be one name you'd like to come back and beat throughout 2024? Like, realistically, who are you iron off? <laughs> uh, maybe I
0: try and get back. Maybe I try and get back the Mulligan Strava segment.
1: Oh yeah, what was that guy that took that off you? Uh,
0: Chapo, Michael Chapman. Yeah, he actually he, he he was running with us yesterday for the first 40 minutes as well.
1: Only first 40 minutes.
0: Yeah, he um, went a different way. Oh, okay. uh, Forty thought he, minutes. Thought you dropped him. Forty
1: no, minutes. No, in. No. no. I'll whistle through this week, fellas. Uh, uh, before you start, yeah. Fred, go. Have
2: you have you ever in your life been fitter than you are now? Me. Mm. Yeah.
1: Uh for a very good question. I was pretty fit going into Valencia. I only because I feel I've built fitness throughout. You say
2: yes or no?
0: Uh proof of be in the pudding. Don't
1: know. Don't know. <laughs> Well, I'm hoping I run quicker than I did in Valencia, but that doesn't necessarily mean I was fitter than I was before Valencia. Valencia, I had like 10K PB, half marathon PB. I remember running 65 high at Burnley half marathon, like in the middle of like 180K k week. Like I was fitter in the 12 weeks before the marathon block. But yeah, I think I'm, I don't know, maybe some summer games. Not sure. I was worried though, Monday, Tuesday, fellas, because I had a sore knee. There's nothing's got me so far in this marathon block. And I thought, oh, this is my little my little niggle to come out of this. So um, I'm, because I rarely get injured too. Like if I get a two out of 10 pain, I'm just like anti inflams ice, booking for treatment. Like just want to knock it on the head ASAP so it doesn't turn into like a... You know, a two week, a month kind of injury, and and make it worse. So I just jogged thirty minutes in the morning on Monday at four fifty sevens. So super slow. Pain was probably like two out of ten. Like if I had to run a marathon, I was like I could get through. I could deal with this pain. But I really wanted to just knock it over. So um, booked into no. So I had treatment on Tuesday, but on Tuesday morning it felt a lot better. I did fifty five minutes at four thirty ones. And it was more just like awareness on Tuesday, not so much pain. Um, and then I went I saw my masseuse, Jay Cord, his name is. Um, he treats uh, racehorses, Croaks. Do you have racehorsing in, in Norway, Christian? like people better yeah, people yeah, yeah yeah rich people
2: they are in that kind of industry
1: so he treats people and like horses so he treats like you know race horses to win races and money and stuff like that so he's he he's
0: prescribed got, some horse drugs did he
1: no he didn't but he, yeah. he used to be a butcher as well so he's got like these big hands and it was a painful like 60 minutes on the table but he was very confident he's like nah i've loosened this off you're good to go um just like because you know, I want to do like a little fast on the Wednesday, and I was gonna double, but I'm like, nah, just give it an extra.
2: You, uh, you were gonna double off. Monday and Tuesday. I was
1: gonna double Tuesday because it felt pretty good Tuesday in the morning, and then I was like, nah, you, no way. If one of my athletes messaged me and said, hey, I think I'm all good, I, I reckon I can sneak a double double in. I would just be like, no, don't do that double. And I had this big going into the fourth week out from the race. Like I always like that to be one of my bigger weeks mileage. So I was like, oh, if I'm only jogging, you know, 6K on the Monday and then, you know, 11K or 12K on the Tuesday, it's like mucking up with my plan. But I just had to say, hey, don't worry about that plan. Just worry about getting on top of this um, in these 48 hours, which I did. So I mowed the lawns instead on um, Tuesday afternoon. Wednesday, did warm up, felt absolutely nothing in the knee. And then I did um, a fart leg where it was five, four, three, two, one, and then five minutes and with one-minute jog between. So 25 minutes in total, so a really small workout considering in a marathon block, but I just didn't want to overdo it. So I did the uh, first five minutes at 3.09, the four minutes at 3.06, the uh, three minutes at three minute pace, the two minutes 2.57, the one minute 2.48, and then the last five minutes at 3.07. Great bang for your buck, 25 minute workout that one. Um, 8K in the treadmill in the afternoon. Thursday I was back at work on the chalk croaks first day in the classroom so I was out early 15k at 411s in the morning and then 8k on the treadmill and then Friday I was kind of like chasing k's and I also didn't want to hit the bigger workout on Sunday with too much freshness so I'm like I want to try to put some k's in here. Um, I did 22k at 359 uh, but I just kept the heart rate under 140 so I was like Yeah, just trying to put some fatigue in the legs without overdoing it. Um, Then did 8K in the afternoon. So that was a big day, like 30K worth of running and a day at school. Saturday was 16K in the morning, 4.41s and some strides. Then I drove to Melbourne, um, met up with Moose. We stayed just next to Albert Park there. He always gets a bit nervous when he sees me in person. I don't know if it's the two stall sashes or the the Lululemon contract or what it is, but yeah, he always seems a bit on edge when I first meet him in person. So I always try to make a couple of jokes, just try to get him to relax a bit. So um, he relaxed a bit, and then we just went for a 7K jog around Albert Park at 4.33s and then went out for dinner. He fitted right in down at St. Kilda there. Um, Yeah, some interesting cats getting around that area of Melbourne. Why Melbourne? Why don't go to the
2: reserve coast?
1: Uh, because Mizuno were putting on this, yeah, I'm not sure why it was in Melbourne. I think maybe more more listeners in um in Melbourne, so I think about like 65, 70 people registered. I didn't do a count on the day, but there seems like a lot of people there. It was a really good vibe. Mizuno did a really good job setting this up, like drink tables. Um, yeah, we testing stuff. Uh, at the end there was like Colipos and chocolate milk and Gatorades and stuff in Eskies bottle of water things like that. So. Massive thanks to Tommy and the team at Mizuno there for yeah making a yeah cool like training's so boring especially what I'm used to by myself so to have like people setting up tables and 65 70 other people around was um yeah great atmosphere the workout was 8k 6k 4k 2k with 2k float between the 8k and the 6k one and a half k float between the six and the four and then one k float between the four and the two. So it comes in at 24 and a half K in total. Um, the mango, Julian,
2: putting up the session? Yeah, there's e- everyone. Yeah,
1: so everyone, Moose set this session and then everyone pretty much did it. Like there was a whiteboard there to write your workouts on, and a lot of people just opted for this one. Um, like even so, like Dave Ridley, um, Reese Edwards, Michael Marantelli. Um, so yeah, like Ali, she had her like group going as well. So um, yeah, it was pretty cool to see everyone stick to the same workout three weeks out.
2: Ju- Julian is giving sessions the same day, or you
1: knew about this? No, we knew about this one in advance. Or well, we had to wanted to say it on the show last week, so he told us, yeah, last Monday, so we could announce it on the show. I'm not sure if he would have done that the same way if it wasn't going to be like a public training kind of session. But um, the Mango Boys went off the front early. Dave Ridley and um, Reese Edwards. They we didn't see them pretty much after a K, and then we didn't see them till the finish. I think they were running like maybe 310 maybe even quicker pace than that we did the 8k at 317s the 6k at 317s the 4k at 315s and the 2k at 311s i think it came out at like 320 for uh 24 and a half k it was fun went so fast like just to really once you knock that 8k over you're like this session's like manageable um floats around about like 335 average practice drinks Got a bit of, um, I got, yeah, I was I probably got the most I've got in actually. I, I mixed the drink mix with the 90 gram gel croaks. Mm-hmm. So I didn't put all that pressure on trying to get that 90 gram down in the first 21K. It was like, just go a bit slower on that. But I had, um, I missed one of my drinks actually, which was good practice. I accidentally picked out one of Moose's. I think it was Moose's. Um, so we were, we were sharing drinks around and stuff. Everyone was in a good mood. No last rep heroes, just sat in. I, I probably did the least work. I was in a group with Michael Marantelli and Moose the whole way, and, yeah, I probably probably did the less leading just because I didn't want to get called out for having a big ego or having no discipline or whatever mm. else Moose makes up about me on the uh, road to Osaka. the picture,
2: the picture you put out, out, you're in front.
1: Yeah, that was, yeah, I really didn't lead for that long, but that's when the photo got snapped. There's some good video footage, though. We do, like, there's just two sets of rules for different people. So, like... The end, we're about to start the last 2K rep. And Moose is like, I'm not going any quicker than 3.15s, no quicker than 3.15s. You guys can race yourself if you want, but I'm not going any quicker than 3.15s. So I was like, hey, I'll take 3.17s because I think 3.17s is what, like I'm really liking that pace at the moment. I think if the weather's good and there's a good pack going 3.17s, that might be the pace I go out at at Osaka. Um, So I'm like, I'm not kicking this home. 3.17s I'm all good with. So then, and Marantali's just like, just I'll stay in the pack. So then Moose leads it out and runs like the first K in three ten. Now, if that was me, I would get absolutely slammed, hammered. Here's his last rep, hero, oh, yada yada yada. And then I think the last K was like three twelve, and like Marantali pushed up next to him, and then there he pushed, he pushed up a step ahead again. So, um, yeah, I just chilled at the back, just just having a good time. Then drove home to a two Three fifteen is two
2: seventeen flat.
1: Is it? Yeah. Yeah, I was taking into account it was probably, you know, 15, 17 degrees. Um,
2: You're running with the heart rate, strap.
1: Yeah, I averaged 161, I think, for the whole workout, so the heart rate was in a good spot. Um, Oh, I had the armband, but the armband was accurate. Um, I I felt like 315s was, I felt like we were going a bit quicker, but there was a couple of times when I was sitting in and we were running like 320, 321s, and I'm like, oh, this feels too slow. And I was the only one that had my lap Ks on. So I would actually tell the boys, I'm like, hey, we're 90 seconds in here. This K is looking like a 3.22. You're going to pick up a bit. Um, so, yeah. And that's but yes, and that's what Moose said at the end is like you've got to learn to settle at that though. Like if, that's, if it does feel that touch too slow, yeah, that's what you want to be feeling for the first 20, 25K. Um, so, yeah, good one. Drove home and then jumped on the treadmill for 7K in the afternoon. 164K for the week. That's um yeah, all the big stuff's kinda of behind us now, which is good which is nice.
0: As you're listening to this show, you're probably training for a race. But how dialed in is your race nutrition? Precision Fuel and Hydration has a free online planner that you can use to work out how much carb, sodium, and fluid you need to perform at your best. Then they have a range of fuel and electrolyte products to make it real easy to hit your numbers. Brady regularly uses their resealable ninety gram gels on his longer runs, and the boys training for Osaka are working with their sports science team to dial in their strategies for race day. They also work with a long list of top runners, including four-time Olympian Lisa Waitman, Hayden Hawkes, and regular guest on the show, Izzy Bat Doyle. Click the link in the show notes to use the planner to personalise your strategy for your next race. Then use the code INSIDE to get 15% off your first order of fuel and electrolytes and help support the show. Patreons can get 20% off using the code shared in our Patreon-only shows. Shop now at precisionhydration.com. Now let's get back to the show.
1: Should we thank the Patreon supporters, crooks?
0: Let's do it. Uh, I've got Daniel Mitras from Heidelberg in Victoria. His Strava's locked down, but I think he's run 19.01 at the Warringal Parklands Park Run, 40.11 at Run Melbourne 10K, 83 minutes at the 2023 Gold Coast Half, and 2.58 at the 2022 Melbourne Marathon. Uh, also, think he might be a learning and development advisor at Pitcher Partners, which is an accounting and business advisory um, place.
1: Okay, thank you, Daniel, for your support. Chris, Oh, you're reading out blue stuff tonight. you want to thank your Patreon supporters for us?
2: Yeah, Scott McKelvey. From Glasgow, is that Glasgow over in, here in Europe or you have a Glasgow down there? I no,
0: no, we don't have That's Europe. Yeah. Scotland, is it? Yep, Scotland.
2: Yeah. Runs for the Shettlestone Harriers and ran all of his PBs in 2023. So this is a man on the up. <laughs> 5K, 16.59, 10K, 35.37, Half, 117.48, and the Marathon, 241.43. So, Which one Alaga are you marathon. Mm-hmm. marathon. If you go to Valencia, I give him five minutes there. But the 10k is probably the best. Nah. Oh. I'm not sure. 35, 37 or 17 flat. Maybe 17 flat.
0: Mm. I reckon yeah, the 241. Right. I reckon, oh, I reckon <laughs> the two forty-one's actually not bad. Not off a of 77.
1: Oh, no, nah, it's too, nah. It's a 77 high. Yeah, you could be right. What we do know about Scott is they're even PBs. Yeah. All four of them nearly match up. Thanks, Scott, for your support. I'm going to thank Craig Drakeford Drakeford from uh, Roeville in Victoria. He's part of the mod squad down there in Melbourne. He's got a 5K PBR 17.32. He did that during a 10K time trial around Albert Park where he ran 35.57. This was uh, 2021 during that COVID period. 86 minutes at the 2019 Melbourne Half Marathon and 2:59, so got under that magical three-hour barrier at the 2022 Melbourne Marathon. Um, that then qualified him for Boston, which he ran last year. He works for PFM Corp, in which is customer-focused, sensitive freight and warehousing experts. Here we go, Crooks. This is what we need for our um, our uh, distributing when we start selling the lactate tests. Um, ah, where's, yeah, he might come in handy, Craig, where he is the regional general manager for ACT, New South Wales, and Victoria. He's got half the country croaks. Yeah. Smart guy. Import, Big title. Man. Thanks, Craig, for your support of the Inside Running Podcast. All people that support us on Patreon, a massive thank you to you. Uh, we're an independent media source here at the Inside Running Podcast, so, um, we can say what we want, but we're not, a uh, We're not supported by any of the big Athletic Australia brands or anything like that, Australia-wide. So we're massively, the show of the people, we are massively grateful for the support we get on Patreon to be able to keep producing independent running media every single week. So if you like what we do, you can check us out on patreon.com forward slash Inside Running Podcast.
0: And Brady, I just jumped in, I stitched up there. It was actually the Adelaide Marathon where he broke three hours, which qualified him for Boston. Oh, when you when you when you no, no, you you read it outright. I was just like, Oh, I'm pretty sure I saw that yesterday, it was Adelaide. Yeah, it was Adelaide.
1: That's sorry, rough. Craig. It's rare that I read things outright though, Croak, so I apologise <laughs> like getting a few of these names wrong, which I'm about to do. This is Marigami, half marathon, the big half marathon. We're getting excited about this over in Australia. Because we had uh, Brett Robinson in action. We had Sinead potentially in action. We are thinking Ryan Gregson was going around. Um, Sondre Moen, he excites us over here in Australia. Christian, we take credit for Sondre because we know he's your boy. Charlotte Perdue, we pretty much take credit for her as well. So all eyes were on uh, Murugami on Sunday. It was won in a course record on the women's side by Dolphina Mare. She ran 66.07. Sheila Chep-Karui was second in 67.47. And a high scorer Caroline Kariba, was third in 67.36. Imagine what you were doing in high school, fellas. Imagine running 67.36. Do you know where she's from, correct? Caroline? No. No, I'm not sure. How good is that? Charlotte Purdy was fourth. She ran 68.02. So that would be a PB for Charlotte Big, too, big I PB. Yeah. she been yeah. under 69?
2: No, no, I don't think so. I think she had 69 something when the diver ran 68 mm. there last time they were down. But yeah. Uh, Charlotte ran a phenomenal race in Berlin, low 220. Have been, yeah. Have been doing a hell of a job, that girl, for many, many years. I tell you, in the in the list with no talent people, Charlotte Purdue for me she's she's yeah, top five uh, European girls that really is doing one hell of a job and to see her run two twenty two and sixty eight or two now it's is really good to see. That is not many girls that are doing the job she's doing.
1: Oh and the adversity.
0: She's been injured a lot of times and come back. She ran 68.23 at Maragami in 2020. Okay.
2: Yeah. So four years ago.
0: But it sounds like, like you know she's been around for a long time. Like she's only 32. Like when you know we're talking about marathoners, like 32 is not old. She's got she's got heaps of running ahead of her.
1: Yeah.
2: I remember when I was in Doha watching Moose for the World Championship. The uh, was also there. She was she had a shit day in the warm condition and dropping out, but. Yeah, I have to say, I have really, really big respect for Charlotte.
1: Mm. Um, so, in the men's, Richard Ita, he won in 59-32. This race has always like one in between 59-30 and like, 60 dead, isn't it? When Sondre, what did Sondre win it in that year, Chris Oki, remember? 59-57 or something? It
2: was first time for him for the half year. Oh, really? Oh, no, I'm yeah. thinking
1: he, when he won Fukuoka in Japan.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, but that was the miracle. Yeah, yeah. Um Alexander Matuso, he was second in fifty nine thirty seven. Amos Bet was third in sixty eleven. Sondre was fourth in sixty eleven also. So those two guys came in together. Brett Robinson was nineteenth in sixty one twenty seven. We'd seen a nineteenth next to the name of like Brett Robinson. Wouldn't have finished nineteenth. Oh, maybe world cross last year. Um, Would have been a similar, what was he, about 27th or something like that at World Cross? Yeah. Um, Tim Vincent, our man from Road to Gold Coast last year, he was not sure on position because this went super deep. He ran 62.01. Ryan Gregson, 170th in 66.20. Alex Harvey, that name might ring a bell because he won that Geelong 10K that Moose and I did a few weeks ago. He ran 63.59. Um, and Sinead did not start. Mm. So we're hearing, like, general tiredness um, from Sinead. I oh, haven't heard that from Sinead. I'm hearing people talking mm. about Sinead, telling me it was general
0: tiredness. Do you and, know anything, Chris, you though?
2: You're the one that talks to Nick. Hey, yeah, I'm talking to Nick, but uh, I have not been talking a lot about Diver. But, I mean, it's the Olympic year. Diver is not getting younger. These Olympic Games, I mean, if Diver is on the start line, in the Olympic Games in LA in 2028 I don't know what to say so this might be the last Olympic game and if she's training in Melbourne or lot with Charlotte maybe they have been pushing a little bit hard maybe like uh, Brady said in the beginning of his week had a small uh, something in the knee maybe Diver caught up some small stuff and they just wanted to, to be on the safer side this Olympic game for Diver is a big one and yeah, Diver is sort of a, a runner also that people knows about. And of course, yes, yeah, she's getting older. So this probably is the last Olympic game. I cannot see her making the Olympic game four years from now. So it's February. It's a long way to, to August. I think they were just answered.
1: Yeah. yeah, I did say, I think somewhere as well, that Brett, like, did a guy drop his gel? and then, like, pretty much stop in the pace. Have you, you seen footage, Chris, And then that, I think Brett got tangled up in that a bit, so I'm not sure if that effect, I saw his splits on Strava, and he just gradually slowed down, so I'm not sure. Didn't look like he was injured or anything, but um, just at, the further the race went, the slower his pace got. Mm.
2: Yeah, he did. They... Oh, I would had the phone. Uh, Brett said he stopped completely, so we just ran into him and then, yeah, lost the pack didn't find the rhythm, pace got slower and slower, so probably did not have his best day. Uh, I don't know. I watched Brett's training on Strava. I maybe thought it was sixty thirty around that kind of shape.
1: Did you, do you know much about Ryan Gregson, Sixty six twenty. Like that suggests that something's going wrong there.
2: Uh, I have no idea. Maybe he's taking care of the kids while they're big athletes did uh, training.
1: <laughs> Stay-at-home dad life's got him, you reckon? Hmm.
2: And I have no idea. I just saw, he had been to camp. I mean, some days, the the marathon, you just have to, or the half marathon, you just have to finish the race. Jog it in. If you had a shit race, don't want to lose two, three weeks in training, just, okay, I pulled the pin.
1: He is one boy, you haven't seen too much from Camp Life. We went hard on Camp Life last week, croaks, with social media, but he's not uploading every run of the week.
2: Yeah,
0: copped a bit of backlash,
1: didn't we? Hey, shit, we got into some trouble for that. We have never got in trouble as much without Moose, ever. Like, he's meant to be the controversial one. We're copping shit left, right and centre when he's not here. Uh-huh. Anyway.
2: Yeah. But uh, Charlotte Purdy's boyfriend, Clarky, he also ran a big piece, 61-52 or something. Mm-hmm. First, uh, first one under 62. So it was a good run for him as well.
1: He's been in Australia. We'll take credit for that one as well. <laughs> uh, yeah. Any other news about that, fellas, before we go to US Olympic trials, marathon trials, croaks?
0: No, I think that covers it. Um, yes, yeah, so the US marathon trials were on well, early hours of Sunday morning here, which was a shame because I reckon this, was, this is an event that I would love to watch live. Um, so in the men's, uh, Connor Mance got the win in 209.05. Uh, his training partner, Clayton Young, was second in 209.06. So they pretty much ran the last few miles together, helped each other out. I think Clayton was starting to struggle a little. I oh, know it was Connor who was starting to feel pretty ordinary at one point. And Clayton just said to him hey just stick with me um, which is pretty cool like having your training partner there in the last few miles of you know Olympic trials knowing that you know you pretty much all like sewn up your spot for the Olympics uh Leonard career was third in 209 57. now he's not guaranteed for the Olympics yet because the U.S. on the men's side only have two guys that have actually run the standard so U.S only have two spots in the men's and it's quite fitting that Connor Mance and Clayton Young were the two guys that actually had the standard so it's good that they've booked their ticket Um, Leonard Career now has to wait to see whether he either goes and runs the time somewhere or just makes it through on ranking points. Uh, Galen Rupp was 16th in 214. Uh, Chris O, Galen, is he done?
2: I give credit to Rupp. He finished the race he puked on the finish line. He did not stop. I will not say Rap is not done, but uh, run 206 again? Uh, I don't know. I think we will see him in Chicago. Yeah. I don't think he's done. We're Olympic still... Games is in LA four years from now. Rap is still one of the biggest guys in the US. I can see Rupp coming back.
1: No, he's not going to the Olympics yeah. in LA.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will be talking four years from now. Slab? No,
1: slab? Yeah, you want to put a slab uh, He is going to one, cash Rock, in. Will in the line. He will cash in in major marathons in the U.S. for the next two or three years. He'll do New York and Boston and Chicago. And, um, no. He will cash in with his name and his medals, and then he'll just exit the sport, and you won't hear Rock of him. Happy. Similar to Australian Rock Michael have Shelley.
2: Ruff have been on the unlimited contract with Nike for 20 years. He was in the Olympic Games in 2008. Mm. Money Mm. is not the issue for Ruff.
0: You know he won Zatapak? Training
2: and staying injury-free is the issue.
0: Mm. He was still at college when he won that. Come over and won Zatapak one year.
1: Yeah.
2: Ruff will be there on the line in LA.
1: Can we talk about Clayton Murphy? Like, I feel like Connor Mance gets all the publicity and obviously like the, the way more talented junior... But this guy ran the time at Chicago, which was a bit of a surprise. I think at the trials last time, he came like 140th or something like that. Um, I know he had a fall when he raced in a marathon somewhere as well. Like he pretty much let Connor Mance win. Connor, mm. Ma- Connor Mance was struggling with a couple of miles to go. And I was reading this Let's Run article on him today. He was like, this is a quote, young with a couple of miles to go. Connor said to me, I'm not feeling very well. And so I just said, stick right on me, stick right on me. Even though I might have been feeling better, I just wanted to take every step of the way with Connor over the last couple of miles. Young said, "That's how it worked out. I wouldn't change it for the world." Connor is the guy who has pulled me this entire build day in day out. In practice, he works hard, and he deserved that just as much as I do. So he pretty much let his. It was eighty thousand US plus fifteen thousand bonus for for the. I'm not sure if they 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 split that in any way, but. Yeah, let his training partner get the win. And he was celebrating the whole last, like, 400, 500 metres. And Mance was cooked and just needed yeah. to get to the finish line. I love that from Clayton Young. I'd expect similar if me and you were in a marathon together croaks when that kind of money was up on the line and you just let me take
0: the W. Well, I reckon sometimes, you yeah, know, things are more important than money. And I reckon, like... You know, like not that I'll ever experience it, but imagine that, like, you know, a couple of hundred metres to go, even like a K to go, knowing that you're going to go to the Olympics and you're there mm. with your training partner, like the money wouldn't even be sort of in my mind, I don't reckon. I'd yeah. be just thinking, how good is this?
2: It would be in your yeah, mind. I know what you're laughing at. Dream come true
1: for Clayton Young. Though. Actually, on money, Moose has got some receipts to send through to you from the weekend as well. Yeah, um, okay. What was I going to say? Oh, in the Alpha Phi 1, man's. We spoke about that. So it was Rupp. Uh, they both got the same coach, who I think you guys might be able to
0: correct yeah. me. Did Young at Stone.
1: Yeah. Did Young go to the same college as Mance?
0: They did. Yep.
1: Yeah. So they went to college together, and then they've both stayed with their college coach. He was a two-time Olympian as well, and two-time marathoner. Um, it's just an amazing story, which you yeah. kind of expect from American marathoning because everything's bigger over there. But then the big surprise was the women's.
2: Up. Oh, sorry. Yeah putting up everything on Strava oh. and this is not the Norwegian system this is this is die-hard marathon training
1: they are two of the best followers I actually commented on Connor Manses today because he wrote this like really nice recap and I was just like great recap I felt like the biggest fanboy <laughs> over here <laughs> in Australia because it was really really good he recapped the whole kind of race so we might um Ross if we can find that for the show notes that would be amazing
0: Another amazing story, Brady, as you said, was the women's. So a lady on debut, Fiona O'Keefe, won the race 2.22.10, uh, beating Emily Sisson 2.22.42. And Dakota Linworm, uh, who's part of the Minnesota Distance Elite Squad, was third in 2.25.31. So both Fiona and Dakota are a Puma athletes um Sarah Hall was fifth 22606 Lindsay Flanagan eighth 22625 and Des Linden was 11th in 228 um so Fiona ran away pretty much from the field over the um the final eight miles um yeah which is pretty incredible like one to win the trial but to do it on debut and to do it in that sort of time um she's obviously got a pretty bright future ahead of us ahead
1: of her did you say it was a um trials record as well no I didn't yeah it was a trials record so yeah I woke up not sure what you guys were like Chris I'm not even sure what your time zone was like but I woke up and was just like I don't know two of these three names and I knew the Mm. women's field was loaded and I know people were saying like talking about these two other ladies Dakota and Fiona um, but I think all the attention was going to the bigger names that I was like what like this is yeah amazing story as well Talking about those Puma shoes, Chriso. You've been a fan of them mm-hmm. for a while. Your man, Sondre is a Puma man. Jane Gregson. They're yeah,
2: good. Puma, have a lot, Puma have a lot of good shoes. The shoes, these girls uh, uh, went with this development shoes, so I don't have that. But the one Sondre ran uh, 6011 in was uh, Fast R2. But all in all, it was one one Nike girl in top 20. So all brands is rocking now. It doesn't matter. You just find the shoe that fits you or you go with the shoe that your uh, yeah, sponsor have. But f- for people like us, I don't know what I will bring for Barcelona next weekend. Alpha one, maybe?
1: Mm-hmm. So they were, because so many females had the time already, that didn't matter. Yeah. Like just whoever crossed the line, uh, third or like, there's that Top many. three.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, and, and as you mentioned, like prize money, like and this sort of goes to show like what the sport's like over there. So this was their, like, well, firstly, they have a trial for the for the marathon, which obviously we, we don't uh, and probably never will. But they had prize money from first through to um, tenth. So it was like 80,000, 65, 55, 25, 20, 15, 13, 11, 9 and 7. So, um, yeah, pretty good payday for people, even though who missed out on making the team.
1: Did you see that guy as well who did like the majority of the work?
0: Did oh, Zach, like,
3: Zach Hanning. Yeah.
1: So I think he like took off. He he led for 15 miles from five miles to 25 mi- to 20 miles when he averaged 449 a mile. Like, it's a 206 marathon pace, pretty much three minute Ks. Didn't run one mile slower than 453. And then he ended up finishing six in 210.50. But I think he only got caught at like 24 miles. Like, you know. Close to the finish line, gutsy for me. Close enough, Brady. I knew you'd,
0: I knew you'd like that sort of stuff. That's I love your that girl, story.
1: Isn't it? Someone who just <laughs> has a crack in life. Uh, next bit of news. Let's whip through the back end of this show. Jakob Ingebrigtsen, Chris. So, tell me how many of these things you knew. I reckon all of them. Has admitted he has struggled to train in the off season due to a combination of illness and foot and Achilles injuries. Ingebrigtsen has been forced to cancel two high altitude training trips to Sierra Nevada in Spain and is cross-training at home in Norway instead. Ingebrigtsen was forced to miss the European cross-country championships in Brussels and has also cancelled a planned indoor season. He said now plan A is to start the season in Eugene, which is the 25th of May, then run Bislett games, the European championships in Rome, the Norwegian championships, and then maybe Monaco. And then uh, focus on the Olympics after that. He also announced just a couple days ago that he's going to be a dad in June. So a bit going on for your boy, Jacob, Chriso. You know all that stuff? That's what people are saying on yeah. the ground over there? Nothing new?
2: No, but I'm, um, yeah. I don't know what to say. you worried? Have we seen the best? Have we seen the best out of Jacob? I don't
1: know. Not many people are running the- 1500s and they're dads. I don't
2: think the dad stuff is uh, the girl will take hand of this kid. That doesn't matter. But uh, no training in uh, or no running in October, November, December, January, four months. I saw him yesterday on the airplane to Amsterdam. Probably visiting one hell of a doctor or something. Maybe Nike had enough of this and send him in around Europe. I don't know, but I am concerned. I know as I told you, George Mills was with us yesterday. I know, yeah, white man ran fast indoor, tour Narva, you see a guy, yeah, you see Kotir. Yeah, I am worried. Those UK Chris, blokes I... are
0: lining up to smash him. Yeah, UK has got such good depth, but I, I thought the Norwegian system was meant to like, reduce the chances of injuries because of like the smart, smart approach.
2: Yeah, but you can say a lot about the system. Jakob have been in this game for 10 years, have done all in all, you have to wear spikes and you have to run fast. And you can imagine a double day like he had in the Diamond League final, if he was a little bit in trouble with Achilles before that. I don't know. He's. I mean, Jakob is young, but yeah, the training age is not that young. So he's paying the price of working hard and yeah, running a lot of fast 1500 meter races. But But if Jacob is not in running training, serious altitude training in Mars, I think he have a big problem.
0: Mm. Another thing I saw today, Brady, was he must have done an interview with, um, who was it, Uh, speaking with the newspaper Christian Stavenger, speaking about his racing against Kerr and fellow Brit Jake Whiteman. He said, I know that I win 99 out of 100 times against them. Hopefully, it will be a long time until next time, but we never know when time number 99 will come.
2: The eagle is not the issue here in Norway. <laughs> I tell you that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, ah. d-
1: domestically, we had a 10K on as well, the Sun Ra in Sydney. So, Ed Goddard got the win. He ran 29.33 for 10K. Tom DeCano was second in 29.40, and James Nipperus, third, 29.46. Pretty good hill- podium, Brady. Pardon? Pretty good podium. Pretty good podium. Yeah, I think the first time they've ever had three people under 30 minutes in that race, um, which is pretty hilly. So those times, those boys will go a minute quicker on the track for sure. In the women's, Alice Daniel, uh, she won in 35-43. Lexi Gilmore was second, 36-26. And Natalie Smith was third in 36-34. So a bit of a uh, yeah, big win from Alice there. First time I've seen her name as well, Croaks. Seen the other yeah. two before.
0: Yeah, you I've mate. never heard of Alice either.
1: Yeah. And then some last bit of news from indoors, Bradley.
0: Yeah, so I actually watched this this morning before I headed off for work. There was a, um, yeah, a live stream of the New Balance uh, Indoor Grand Prix. And so Jess Hole was lining up in the 3K. And it was a really fascinating race because there was a couple of um, like really quick Ethiopian girls in there. But sort of halfway through the race, um, Ellie St-Pierre. She went to the front and you know how Jess you know, is normally like tactically really good. Like she was sort of sitting mid mid pack and she saw Ellie sort of like leave the pack. And so she went around all the other African girls and jumped on the back and they, they gapped the rest of the field. And then I reckon with maybe in the last 800 metres, Jess had about two or three cracks at her. And every time Jess went to go around, Ellie just surged a little bit just to you know hold the rail. Um and made Jess have to run a bit further. But then, yeah, coming down the straight, she was managed managed to get over the top. Um, ran eight twenty four ninety-three, which is an Aussie record, um, both I guess indoors and out. Uh, it's number six all time indoors. Um, so that's incredi- incredible. Um Saint Pierre was second in eight twenty five point two five and Melknap Woodoo was third in eight thirty two. Um I sent this through to you, Brady, as soon as I as, soon as the race finished, I'm like Jess Hull just ran 8:24. Thoughts?
1: Oh, it's incredible. She, but it does not surprise me. Like yeah. Jess Hull is all class. I'm very interested. She did a little interview I watched today as well. Like her dad's her coach. Like I don't even know if anyone knows her dad's first name or if he's ever coached anyone other than his daughter Jess before. But he is doing a wonderful job. Not getting a yeah. lot of credit because. That was a very smooth transition that she went from Union Track Club, moved back to Australia. Like no, like she's got better. Like you think yeah. you think sometimes those moves don't work, and there's maybe a bit of like family bias, and then it takes a bit of time to work it out. So um, incredible! This is a stat I absolutely loved. Only twenty six women have ever broken four minutes for 830 for five k, and fifteen for uh, the five k so mm-hmm. like i know that number six all-time indoors but you wonder how many people actually race indoors is impressive i think this one's even more impressive because you look at that list of people it is like the who's who of like women track and field runners over the yep. years and now jess is in that um yeah in that conversation as well
0: very impressive uh yeah so in the men's 3k Lemetra Germer, uh, he was having a crack i think at the world record um came up short ran 729 which was still a meat record beat edwin kurgat 739 for second and brian Fay was third in 740 uh quickly just ripped through the 1500s um Sege, uh she started off her season uh, 358.11 for the 1500 meet record um halem was second 358 as well and emily Mackay was third in 4.05. Hobbs Kessler, he got the win over Jake Whiteman running 3.33.66. Jake was 3.34, and Craig Engels was third in 3.37. We had an Aussie girl, Carly Thomas, in the 800. She finished fourth in 2.01. That's
1: good. Listen to the question. Can we go with the second one?
0: Yeah, yeah. So training in a group versus solo. Obviously, you can get bigger and faster sessions done with a group, but does grinding out solo sessions add something to the mental game? Do you ever prescribe solo sessions to your athletes for this reason? And that comes in from Jack.
1: Great question, Jack. Mm. Great question. Who has I to um, go first. Yeah, well, I will because I've just come out of a group workout and it's definitely easier. Um, but I think it's easier for me because I'm so used to it being not easy. Whereas if it's your default and you're always doing stuff solo, I mean, in a group, it doesn't. You don't feel like you're getting that performance kind of benefit and things feeling a bit better. I also think it depends Mm. on what kind of runner you are. There's some runners who love to sit in and just get a ride and probably a bit like myself that's um, maybe a bit of an overthinker as well and you tend to look at your watch, whereas you just trust someone out in front. You just lock into their rhythm. I was talking to Moose about this Sunday as well, and he's like, I love being off the front so he can get into his rhythm and his gait, whereas I find it really easy to adjust um and sitting into people with people it's just i don't know it feels like you just get the case for free because you can just relax a bit and you don't have to worry about kind of like um you know pushing the pace but i do think there's huge mental benefits for doing the occasional workout um solo and getting used to being by yourself and being in your own head uh especially if you're training for the marathon and half marathon when that can happen in a race however I wouldn't do it too much because I think it can mentally cook you. And by the time it gets around to the marathon, it's just like, nah, I'm done. I've been, you know, you've been dipping into that bucket to get through workouts and stuff for so long that there's only so much left to give. That's my thoughts. Christian, do you know anything solo these days? Also, always got a group.
2: Nah, but the group is me putting up sessions that I want to do on my pace, and I'm pretty much. So I am the group. You can sometimes you can ask yourself if joining a group that you are the strongest might be the best, but joining a group if you just have to hang on might be the worst.
1: Or it could be the best as well. Like we've seen people that jump into that Melbourne track club and they, you know, they hang on for a year and then they turn real good.
2: Yeah, I mean you had a big podcast show with uh, with, uh, oh, what's his name, the American record holder, uh, oh, Greg Fischer. He said that first uh, one year in uh, Bowerman, he could not finish uh, one workout, but he's the best American ever. So, But I think it's, when you're talking about the biggest talent in the sport, you can see that they are right. I mean, the better the people around, the better they become. But for normal people, I think joining a group where you just have to hang on, probably better to uh, yeah go back five seconds and uh, run on your
1: own because wasn't that why he left that group as well because was just like it didn't it wasn't personalized anymore it was like this is what the group's doing do it so yeah it's yeah both sides of it croaks what do you like mm-hmm.
0: doing um well i don't think i've ever done a marathon session oh well i've never done a marathon session that i've been training for like with other people so like you know i've jumped in with sinead when she was like training for the Olympics, but that like, I wasn't preparing for a marathon, but every serious marathon I've ever done all of my marathon sessions have been solo other than potentially having somebody on a bike to hand out the occasional drink. Um, like I'd almost like, I wouldn't prescribe solo sessions for people to improve their mental game. Cause I think at the end of the day, like if it means, if it means enough to you, you're going to get it done both in training and on race day. The reason why I would probably uh, prescribe solo sessions is the risk of group sessions is that some people, the slower people, are working too hard to keep up with the fast people. And so you're cooking, yeah, you know, you're cooking your marathon by training in a group because you're running too fast. Yeah. So that's probably, that's probably even a, more, a better reason to be prescribing some solo sessions so that you're running at the pace that you should be running at rather than trying to keep up with the group.
1: Race effort in training. Yeah. Want to avoid that couple whispers here fellas got a couple that have uh so there was a whisper a couple of weeks ago that Liam Adams was potentially doing a soccer incorrect doing Hamburg which got announced he also says here Andy Buchanan to run Hamburg marathon do was he on the same release croaks did
0: you write that uh no I think Andy put something up on his own social media oh did he
1: yeah I missed that seen one. That? Oh. Ah. um there we go Liam Adams Andy Buchanan that could be interesting a big Australian head-to-head potentially for that uh Mm -hmm. Third spot, what is it, 2.8.10. Lisa Waitman, this is a confirmed whisper, though. We told you about four weeks ago. Lisa Waitman, uh, confirmed now for a marathon in three weeks. She was one of the invited athletes. They put their elite fields out today. Moose ranked 100th with his 214 in the Osaka field. Um, So so it's deep. Yeah. I didn't even look at my number because I didn't even want to know how far down the list I was.
2: Yeah. Osaka is the European uh, Valencia.
1: Yeah, apart from they might not pace themselves as well. So we'll see how we go there. I reckon the Japanese model he might be, he might be sitting two hundredth at halfway and then then come seventieth. Um, you don't
2: have to worry about pacing. You sit behind Julian for forty-two k and you sprint him down and you celebrate <laughs> like he's no tomorrow.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be nice? No, nah, I'd let him take it. I'd just be the um. Who was that guy we were just talking about? Murphy. He can be the cotton man mm-hmm. A uh, few things across my desk I need to bring up here. Not happy with this. Uh, good, a few people have sent this through to me as well. A few people not happy about that. I don't like putting people in this segment, this uh, Brady down the Loose segment, who we're pretty close friends with, but uh, got good relationships with. But we've got to be honest and, and have a bit of a crack here. So Athletics Australia, World Cross Country, criteria's come out. First thing I'm not real happy about, they're not going to select a relay team. So this is after the success at Bathurst. We come third in the world, Chris-O. Third best cross-country relay team in the world. We've got guns. we got Ollie Hall. we got Stewie we can throw in there. Jess Hull, Abby Caldwell. Um, we could chuck Jai Edwards in there if we wanted. We could chuck Lyndon Hall in there. we got that many good 1,500 2K relay leg people that we could probably get another medal if we send a team, but the decision has been made that we're not going to send a team, super disappointing because I feel like we have built some real good momentum after hosting the World Cross Country Championships here in Australia, and I think the punters, like just general sports fan, that would have filtered through to them that we got that medal, um, and would have got some good publicity. That I feel like when it's going to come up this year, they'd be looking for, oh yeah, let's let's tune in and see how the Australian team's going to go. But there's nothing to tune into because they won't be there. They won't be racing. That annoy you, I Crocs? don't think
2: Norway would have anyone in any distance, <laughs> and we have the cross country in Europe. So Thanks, for me, for so. it's hmm? Thank you, because I'm about to shut Brady
0: down because I I don't agree with this at all. Like you
1: know, you don't agree with AA, or but, you don't agree with me.
0: No, I don't agree with you. I think you get, I think you're being a bit harsh on AA. Oh
1: mate, the because, whole every because, single because, Australian distance run is going to be already in Europe.
0: Yeah, yeah, but did you – no, they're not. Yes, did they you ever, will be there. All our ever, big
1: dogs are in Europe over the winter.
0: Huh?
1: All our it's big two, dogs.
0: It, it's two – so it's two weeks before the Aussie titles, the Olympic trials. And so do you think AA may yeah, have actually over, approached – Do that, do you, think, back. do you think AA may have approached our top athletes like Stewie, like Jess, saying, hey, do you guys want to do this World Cross um, relay, knowing that you've got your trials two weeks later – and the selection policy, basically, you need to finish, like you want to finish in the top two oh, send at the Olympic a de- trials. Send a development
1: team or something then. Send some people that don't I, usually I get know, picked.
2: I know one Australian guy that will be on the start line for the cross. I, I think it will only be one, maybe two.
1: For the open teams? Yeah. Yeah, well, they've said that. They're only going to, um, there was something in the policy as well.
5: Team size also... only
1: athletes who clearly show they are in good shape will be considered. It is not expected to be a full team, as was the case when the championships were in Australia. Finishing first and second in the Open and men's and Open women's race, not the juniors, will be automatically selected.
0: I think it's different if it wasn't an Olympic year um, because, you know, every, like you look at the men's 1500, it, like for Australia, it's cutthroat. Like you've got Stewie, you've got Ollie, you've got Jai, Cam Myers. Like, do Stewie... they have to come
1: home? Ollie won't come home for the trials, will he?
0: Oh, well, I wouldn't be surprised because, like, it, you know, in the past, it's generally looked at if you finish first or second in the trial, like you're you're a good good chance of going. Um, and so, I reckon that they've spoken to the athletes, or you know, um, you know Nick, for example, saying, "Hey, we're not." We're not sacrificing our Olympics to fly across the other side of the world and back two weeks before. Especially when you look at you look at other countries, like people like Josh Kerr, Jake Whiteman, they're going a world championship indoor in their own country to focus on the Olympics. Yeah, and he might have military so and I think it was like, yes, World Cross winning that medal last year was great, but at the end of the day, I don't think that holds a lot of weight in World Athletics, a World Cross Country Relay, because if it did, you would have had Josh Kerr out here, Laura Muir out here running that relay last year. And well, that's weren't. different. Them coming to Australia. Well, well, why is it? If it's if it's so prestigious, this Cross Country Relay, I'll why
1: go, didn't they come out? I'll put a case of beer on this with you. It will be more competitive this year when it's in Europe. I know Chris. I just said Norway are not send their team. But no. it will be more nah, competitive than Real A's. Brady,
2: you are wrong. The, really, are wrong. Can't the tell only it. people you will see here is Africans.
1: Nah, you'll see some European teams as well.
2: Even no. the top... You, you,
1: Just you uh, will
2: see Patina and no Europeans.
1: At World cross country. I mean the Real A. Yeah. I reckon the Real A would be more competitive than it was when it was in Australia.
2: no. The relay will be less competitive and the and the total will also be less. Cross-country should never be in the Olympic year. Nobody cares. Even Kenya and Ethiopia
0: last year didn't send their best 1,500 2K runners. Like, where was Faith Kipiagon? Where was um, Lamecha Germa? Like, those guys, you no, know. Bigger
1: fish to fry croaks, those guys.
0: Yeah, so look, I, I know where you're coming from, Jeez. but I think you have to look at the Olympics comes around once generally every four years and um, I reckon it would have been more about, yes, AA are the ones that aren't selecting a team, but I'm pretty sure Jess, Ollie, Stewie. Do you reckon
1: they would have act? been asked first and said, we're not interested, so don't I, I, go bother I, selecting like a I rather, team?
0: I think rather than getting stuck straight into AA, you need to maybe consider that, that that may have happened, that they've sort of said, hey, what do you guys think about running this two weeks before the Olympic trial?
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you reckon they're that organised? Maybe. Maybe. What's your next one? Well, that was meant to be the warm-up for this one. This was further down in the policy. Funding. While not part of the selection criteria, athletics... So this is people in the open team because there's no relay teams. So this is if you if you go first and second at the trials. Funding. While not part of the selection criteria, athletes should be aware that Athletics Australia reserves the right to impose a levy on the athletes to to participate in this championship. Where a levy is to be imposed, athletes will be notified of the relevant amount payable at the time of selection. As a guide, it is likely to be in the range of 3000 to $4,000. If the athlete finishes in the top 24, then the levy will be refunded. So imagine picking Pat Tin, and you're telling me Pat Tin is going to World Cross Country Champs, Chriso. Yep, we picked you, used our discretion. You're not coming back to Australia to do the trial, so you weren't top two. Uh, by the way, we're going to have to charge you four grand to go race for Australia. One of the greatest athletes we've ever produced in this country, and you've got to hit him up for four grand, three to four grand, to um, go and compete and represent your country. Don't like this. Just Does put it. Nor- in-
0: yeah, do, nor- do Norway ever charge any athlete to represent the country? No, 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 no.
1: They hit up Jakob and say, hey, you want to go to Olympics? <laughs> it's going to cost you four grand, mate. Give us four grand if you're going. This is the in lady. Norway,
2: if you are in the team and you are Jakob, you are on Unlimited with money.
1: Yeah. Mm. So just put that in context, top 24 last year in the men's race, it would only be Kai. So if this was applied this past year gone, you would have been hitting up Brett Robinson, Jack Arena, Andy Buchanan, Rory Hunter, Andre Waring saying, boys, we need you three to $4,000 if you want to represent our country at the world championships. Ellie, Leanne and Rose were all in the top 24 for the women's.
0: Don't
1: like I'm, this. With you on this.
0: I'm with you on this one, Come Brady. on, these no, are our best athletes. Yeah.
1: Let's find a way to find, it's not a huge yeah. amount of money. Let's maybe send less staff or less physios or social media guys or whatever.
2: But the problem with sending less of the people you are mentioning now, mm. that if you're going to World Cross, you need to have a doctor. You need yeah. to have a physio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If not, you can. So you need you to need send to a lot of other people. Yeah. Are you, uh, thinking, more, you thinking more office off
0: of staff, Brady?
1: Well, I don't, I don't know how the budgets and wages and all that kind of stuff work, but... I think yeah, representing your country. I get it when it's like World Uni Games or Oceania Champs or something like that. But i well, world, world cross is prestigious. Maybe look yeah, at your budgeting. World maybe cross we will
2: never be in Olympic years.
1: Maybe we should hand around like sell some, you know, um, caramel koalas or Freddo frogs or something croaks.
2: It.
0: Please wait, this year would be a perfect opportunity to blood some up and coming cross country runners because the trials I think are going to be really light on with our. Well, the people you mentioned that were there last year, because you look at somebody like Ellie, she's got a marathon. Um, a lot of the runners who are now focusing on the Olympics, like your Rose, like and look, they might they might run the trial cross country trial and they might go to World Cross, but also think that Rose, Bat Doyle, um, Leanne, like their focus is going to be on that five k nationals two weeks later, where there's probably more points on the line for winning your national title. Um, and so they are got to be thinking about the Olympics as well. So you're going to have a lot of our top stars opt for the track season and forego the Olympics, or forego the World Cross, which means that's going to open up the door for that real sort of second second-tier athlete. Yeah, top
1: two, though. Got to be top two to get a spot because they won't pick a second-tier athlete if they're
0: not. yeah which i think that's that's a shame like it'd be nice to you know give some up-and-comers some um especially like international exposure i'm kind of flipping here
1: because like especially if they could pay their own way Mm. like if you said like there'd be some people out there would say hey i'm usually 12th at this thing i'd love to have my chance to represent australia I know you only want to send top two automatic, and I probably don't fall into the discretion. But you know, if I come third or fourth or fifth or sixth at the trials, can I pay my three grand levy and go? Yeah. Yep. Get their local bowling club to sell some raffle books or something like that. Raise three grand, go over. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I, I don't. I don't have an issue with that. Yeah. Like I can mm-hmm. sort of. Uh, yeah, it's it's a tough one. It's like should AA have to pay if they are sending, a, like a below elite. Like a, a team that's not our best, should, should they have
1: to? We're still talking about guys who are probably in the top 15 in our country. I always compare it to other sports, which is a bad thing to do. Because mm. you're like, all right, who's the 15th best AFL player or cricketer or whatever? Like, they're probably making millions. Yeah, yeah. But then there's and, probably and you, some sport yeah. when you're in the top three and you're making zero as well.
0: And you could argue that the investment in these, okay, they're not. St- Superstars at the moment, but that investment now may come back and pay dividends in a couple of years' time because they've at least now got an international competition under their belt.
1: It was less yeah. Brady on the loose. I was thinking, but more of an active discussion about how the economics works. I'm with you and
0: though. Not, to, you shouldn't have to pay. You shouldn't have to pay to represent your country.
1: And even if you have a bad day and come twenty fifth. And it's just like you just come twenty fifth at World Cross, and but you missed top 24. So now you've got to, you gotta get hit with the low, you don't get the levy reimbursed. Yeah, it's
0: almost like you have missed prize money by one spot. Third third place was four thousand dollars. <laughs> Do you reckon the, the Aussie team's
1: yeah. just going out in 24th position? Just being like, no one passes me now. I'm in 24th. They've got their parents on the side of the track like, 23rd, stay there, stay there. We want the levy reimbursed. <laughs> so that's all they care about. Anyway, good chat. What's coming up? Adelaide Invitation. Have a listen to this 800-meter field. This is uh, this Saturday night, the 10th of Feb. Abby Caldwell, Cat Biss at Linden Hall. Brick, sorry, Brooke Fidemelner. Earl Meyer. Murdered her last name. Vendiria Boyer, Tess Kersop-Cole, and Morgan Mitchell. That's a big mm. uh, women's 800-meter race. Going to say who's in some shape in uh, early Feb. Pete Bowles in the 1500 with Jai Edwards, Cam Myers, Callum Davies, Rory Hunter, Jesse Hunt, Jude Thomas. Uh, men's 800, Joey Deng, Peyton Craig, your boy from camp, or from the triathlete, isn't he, Croaks? He's yeah, a big one sure. to watch.
0: Queensland. Yeah.
1: Jake Lund, Riley McGowan, James Preston from New Zealand, Jai Parrot, Lockie Raper, and the Women's 1500, Cordia Hollingsworth, Morty Skyring, Image of Bartlett, Caitlin Adams, Rebecca Green from New Zealand. It's going to be loaded. Talking about it all next week. Been a two-hour show, boys. Plus, we stuffed up the first 50 minutes, so it's been a two-hour and 45-minute show for us here. Longest time I've ever been on Skype on a Monday night. Tell me what you're doing before next week, croaks
0: uh a bit of training in the rain tomorrow I think and then um yeah i think work thursday uh and then yeah off to melbourne the follow- yeah wednesday week so yeah, nothing morning. much nothing mu- much exciting
1: chris so good luck at barcelona anything special happening in your life thank you so much for doing hmm. a um this is your Monday morning. You've just been on Skype for us for uh, two hours and forty minutes. So um, I'm, I'm glad we got stuck with you. If that would have been, it would have been awkward if it was someone we didn't mm-hmm. get along with that well. Ask them to restart the podcast fifty minutes in, but we appreciate you. What's coming up?
2: Nah, easy session tomorrow. Some two Ks at three thirty p. Uh, some uh, five or six times one K. 3.25 on Thursday, and then arriving in Barcelona Friday. Yeah, and hopefully we can run 68 low on Sunday. Knock mate. a few people off that hit list, mate.
1: Can we Can we call you up for maybe five minutes next week's show, just to see how the race went? Is that alright? Yeah, just
2: call me for another three hour. I'm yeah. always here for you
1: guys. <laughs> It'll be five to ten minutes. we got a guest already lined up for next week, but I reckon they'd be pretty keen to fire some questions at you as well. So yeah, I want to see how many people get taken off this hit list, and how the race goes. What do you got, Crocs? Give us it, give us a prediction for
0: Chris eh? uh,
2: O. Oh, oh, oh. this is good.
0: Yeah, well bef- before he did that K session, I'm like, uh, unknown hey, seventy either, yeah. but then that one was pretty good. Um uh, what did you what was your last half? What, what was he what's been your quickest one recently? Sixty nine forty or something?
2: Sixty nine forty in October in Valencia. You gotta All go right.
0: way quicker than that. I'm gonna go
1: 60
0: I go 68 45 I go 68 25 all I Who's want all, all I want is you to I, I like I reckon even a 69 flat is still it's a step in the right direction from where you were and it shows that the training is working so don't yeah don't discard it don't don't change tack after the weekend
2: oh no I 3:15 mm. is the maximum. I will hold back. I have been in Barcelona five years. I know the course. I know that uh, the last 6K probably be on my own. I will try my best Croaks. so I have yeah, I'm we can ask mate. We can talking ask. with you.: <laughs> I'm
1: calling I'm you next.: Monday. Running. I'm calling you next Monday morning, your time for a quick 10minute chat.. Listeners, enjoy uh, Jimmy Friend and Friend. His friend this week is your friend, Chris Toby Mende, the star of the monthly, yeah. the bad boy, who previously used to live in Ballarat, and he's joining Jimmy Friend thanks to the running company Geelong. They're talking about uh, some shoes, mostly the New Balance Super Comp Elite Four. They go into heavy detail with that one. Keep an eye on our YouTube as well because they talk, they've got some like visuals and stuff, so we might upload that video as well so you can see what they're talking about in a bit more detail. Thank you, listeners. That was episode number 327. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.
0: See you, guys. As you're listening to this show, you're probably training for a race. But how dialed in is your race nutrition? Precision Fuel and Hydration has a free online planner that you can use to work out how much carb, sodium, and fluid you need to perform at your best. Brady regularly uses their resealable 90-gram gels on his longer runs. Click the link in the show notes to use the planner to personalize your strategy for your next race. Then use the code INSIDE to get 15% off your first order of fuel and electrolytes and help support the show. More details at precisionhydration.com.
5: All right, welcome back to episode three of Jimmy Friend and Friend. I'm going to call it now, not friends, as we have a return guest in week three. So it kind of means I've only got two friends um, and one of them is my boss. So welcome back to Toby Mende. Um, Good to have you back, Tobias. Good to be back. He stole my joke off me. Yeah, I (laughs) thought I'd have to get that in early because I didn't want you to uh, be able to sledge me. Um, How are you, Traveller, mate? Last time we spoke, I believe we were talking about... um, How fast your 3K was and asking what races you've got coming up. I believe you may have locked a couple in, maybe tentatively, but maybe entirely.
4: Uh, Yeah. So, yeah, it would have been just after that 3K that we last spoke. And then I started booking in a bunch of races and then had a hip flare up. Uh, Got a scan thinking I'm broken again. Comes back saying I'm perfect um well the hip is not everything else <laughs> uh, not done, <laughs> uh, and yeah now it's been fine all you have to do is get some magnets on you
5: and your hip comes good yeah invest in an mri machine for when you feel sore is all i'm hearing um is the hip flare up the same hip that we've been known to cause you a few issues yes same hip same
4: spot so when it got bad i just thought oh here we go again but yeah no idea what it was uh maybe really bad phantom pain like you saw me walking around i was like limping pretty bad unable to ride a bike
5: and Uh, also you were in a shit mood for three days Um, (laughs) but on the back of that the what we're gonna sort of deep dive a little bit on today is going to be the the new balance Supercomp elite version three which after your miraculous recovery from your scan you got to put your foot in this morning and um Do a bit of a fart like in it a couple of days early, um, just before the Thursday release date, I believe it is. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit quickly about New Balance Super Comp Elite? What is it? Like ratio and everything? And then give us a few like first thoughts, first put it on, how you felt like it fit and felt. Yeah. So
4: for me now, like I don't think I've been a massive fan of the Super Comp Elite. I never got a version one. I thought it was way too soft. Didn't get a version two because I thought version one was way too soft. Um, got a version three because we were sort of given one. And then um, I enjoyed it at first, but then it just it didn't have that same super shoe feel. It was like a really comfortable, lightweight trainer. Like it didn't really have that same propulsive feel. This new version now is a lot better. Um, they've finally got a Piva foam in it, which
5: is basically what you need. For a super shoe like of course yeah yeah and i think the biggest thing about the super shoe is like the carbon plate can go in any shoe doesn't make it super the piba foam like the i guess the super blast, is not a super shoe but it feels very super with the piba foam but the um the previous model was like an 80 20 blend of predominantly eva so it was only quite quite a small slither of piba in there and now going to a full piba midsole you get a little bit more magic yeah, exactly right. Um, I mean, early on you sort of had brands. I think I had a shoe from
4: Hoka that was, or oh, maybe the Carbon X One.
5: Yeah. And
4: that was just like EVA carbon plate, and it was shit. <laughs> like, no rocker, flat, about
5: stiff, um, Yeah, it's a you need the foam and you need the plate and you need the rocker. You kind um, of need them all to be um, ingredients in the pie rather than just whack a yeah. plate or whack some foam in. Yeah and now they've um they've nailed it this time around for
4: me like it's it's still soft it's still got, like one of the more comfortable super shoes but it has a much more responsive and like super shoe sort of ride to it I mean, the first thing i noticed like i heard or i saw Ellie doing a workout in it and it had the super shoe noise like it yeah. sounds it sounds like that
5: echoey annoying bouncy sound to it
4: yeah, and so that's when I sort of knew before I'd put one on my foot, it's going to be a lot better than the previous versions. And,
5: yeah, it's definitely is. That's right. The previous one had that, like, buttery, smooth transition feel, like not a real bouncy, poppy. And it wasn't super gutsy through the midfoot as well, where, like, I think the new one, although it's still, you know, 40 mil, 36, which is on the on the same sort of offset and the same amount of foam, it just feels like the foam's got a bit more guts to it. Um, what, what was the workout you did this morning? Six by 90,
4: 60, 30 seconds with equal uh, recovery jog. It was
5: just something light after having a week and a bit off. Yeah. And I did you, uh, were you like progressing <laughs> paces or just running the 30s a bit harder, kind of thing?
4: I didn't really pay much attention to it. I think that maybe the 30s were a little bit harder just because it's 30 seconds, but then you also have a shorter recovery before you go again. Like I wasn't, yeah, sure. I was just more worried I was going to hurt
5: my hip. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And uh did you do that on the bitumen? Yeah. Yeah. nice. On the um the
4: new loop. Yeah,
5: road racing shoe. That's some uh that's some Gucci bitumen. Um I think I think the super shoe, any super shoe feels good around that loop. Um tell us also, like, first of all, when you put the shoe on, the fit of the upper, like we know the knitted the stretchy knitted tongue is the upper on the Supercomp elite version three. Um Maybe a couple of little fit issues for some people where it was a bit snug and lace loops were giving them a bit of grief. Um, what's the upper feel like on the new one? It's a more sort of traditional um, upper on the shoe. So they've gone to like, I
4: think they call it phantom fit upper. So it's really thin, breathable. Um, one thing I had with the version three, which I didn't have with this, was like rubbing at the ankle bone. Yep. With that sort of, um, the, the knitted tongue sort of met the rest of the shoe. I used to get rubbing there. Yeah, there's like a little bit of a bump, like a seam there. Yeah, none of that here. It's still – like it's pretty generous in terms of the fit of the shoe. Um, and then they also make it in a wide. So if you've got a wider foot, it's going to be the ratio for you. I can't, I can't see why other brands aren't doing a wider fit ratio,
5: especially with the amount of people wearing them now. It kind it's amazing, isn't it? Like New Balance for like 100 years has got this thing of like, oh, yeah, their shoes are wide. It's just like this ridiculous – no truth behind like myth. And then finally, like they're the only brand doing a wide super shoe. So it's gonna be super handy for like anyone who even just prefers more room. Um the yeah, two E width in the men's is gonna be um it's gonna be a bit of a hit, I think. They did offer it in the previous, but maybe only for the initial drop. They didn't offer it again after that. But um yeah, would you have a, a race shoe that you've worn previously um that you might like and the feel of running in this shoe? maybe the nearest to in terms of maybe the foam density or just like the the ride underfoot?
4: I reckon it's pretty similar
5: to Adios Pro 3,
4: I think I was saying. it's Maybe it's a little bit softer than that, Um, definitely more comfortable than that. Yeah. But, yeah, that's probably the most similar sort of feel I reckon
5: I've got. Can you see yourself thresholding, marathon sessioning or racing or all of the above? Or would you see this shoe kind of landed at a certain distance or purpose? Uh, so
4: it, it definitely feels like that half marathon marathon shoe. Um, for me, it's like similar to the Alpha Fly where it's like anything less than that, you're probably pushing its limits. Yep. Um, like, I mean, I, I, there's no way around it. I love the Alpha Fly. That's Correct. probably still going to be my race shoe. Um, but this, I was thinking about it today where it sits for me, and I reckon it's two or three. In terms of my rankings, it's definitely better than a Vaporfly three for me. Like I, I don't agree with that shoe much. It's, it just feels a lot
5: nicer on the foot. Yeah, get on with the shoe a bit better than I do a Vaporfly. And with the like the columns in the in the version three, if um if anyone's seen it or worn it, uh, the columns are kind of like decoupled from the heel all the way down to almost under the metatarsal heads. Whereas this one, it's kind of filled in the forefoot a bit more. Did you recognize that? When you're running in it, did it feel a little more gutsy? Yeah, definitely.
4: Like I felt in the version three, uh, at times I was like almost bottoming out and feeling that plate on the ground.
5: Which yeah, yeah. You know, I like think that. if you run on a bit of gravel, you could really feel that exposed little bit of rubber there.
4: Yeah, and so now you don't. Well, I mean, I didn't run on gravel today, but you're not going to feel that. You got more foam under the forefoot there. Um, it yeah, it's just a much better done super shoe like it is their for me it's their first super shoe
5: yeah exactly i think it's like like we've talked about the the version one it was pretty low profile relative and it had that really sticky outsole so it had purposes where like if you're doing like reps on the grass or running rue run it's sandy and gravelly like it's got a purpose um and then yeah since there i think like the second one was really mushy the third one got the plate and everything sorted and now it feels like this one's kind of like refine the midsole, which which is probably one thing like if anyone's seen, like it's all over sort of Instagram and everything. It's even on their website at the moment, it just says coming soon. Um the geometry of the midsole's got little kind of points and corners all shaved off it. Um which yeah Jules was chatting to the New Balance guys and he sort of said like they had the shoe which generally would be quite bulbous and, and sort of puffy looking. Um, and they kind of shot lasers across all the points of the shoe that they needed to keep and then just shaved off all the all the added bits that kind of didn't need to be there. So they were able to drop a little bit of weight um, by doing that and, and sort of maintaining like a real big gutsy, gutsy midsole. Um, you obviously ran on the road today for probably, I don't know, 6 or 8K. Um, how did it look underfoot after you ran in it? Like durability-wise, did it have a lot of rubber underfoot? Yeah, I mean, it's got a fair bit of rubber underfoot i'm not sure if we're doing any video for this but i'll just
4: show it there so you got this big four foot section there all filled in a little bit on the hill there like i don't think there's it's going to be definitely one of the more durable uh durable uh super shoes i think yep. and it's like a good bit of rubber there'd be a couple mil there
3: yeah it's not just like almost, that really
4: like, fine stuff real thin like i think the adios pro 3 that is like there's not a whole lot there they've got maybe like half a mil of rubber and then it's just maybe a little bit more at the toe and then, yeah, like you'll you'll burn through that a lot quicker than you would this.
5: Yeah. And I think also like having the, the forefoot almost looks a little bit like it's a wider platform from what you've just pulled up there. Um, main reason I'm asking Toby all these questions is because my foot didn't fit exactly well in the pair that I tried on. So I'm yet to run in it, but I'll chase down a pair that fits. Um, I, I'd walked around the shop with the one that was just a smidge and short on, and it just felt to me like – a slightly denser, slightly more gutsy version of version three, which I kind of think the version three for me being a little bigger was a little bit soft through the rear foot. And I think, you know, as you fatigue longer session, marathon session or a race, the, I think the landing area was just a little bit too compliant. Whereas this felt like the columns are a little broader, the forefoot being filled in didn't allow the forefoot to compress as much, um, which might feel a little firmer and more resilient, which is something that i like. And then, might feel a little bit too much for someone else but it's definitely a shoe that's going to be thrown into the mix of like fittings for for all the upcoming marathons when you think of ballarat canberra gold coast uh noosa like melbourne there's there's a lot of fun stuff happening in the in the footwear world um lining up with a lot of marathons coming out and i guess like looking up to the olympics we'll be seeing these on on feet of everyone um one other shoe just quickly from New Balance that I wanted to touch on. I think it's next month rather than rather than the 1st of Feb. So the, just quickly, the Feb 1st the release for the Super Comp Elite version 4. Um, in stock, standard width, wide width, ladies standard in, at the running company. So DM for your chance to lock away a pair. Um, the colorway, if you're not on the if we're not on the video, is the, yeah, it's like white with a bit of green and orange. It's a pretty sharp-looking colorway, good-looking shoe. Um, but also the Rebel, Toby. Um, I know Bree got a pair of sample size. I know your foot's not that small, but, like, you've had a feel of it. What are your thoughts on um, the Rebel, which I guess is like the lightweight trainer partner to where we are here with the with the race shoe? I mean, I'm pretty excited for that. I had the first version of that, and actually kind
4: of – I, I enjoyed that even though I really didn't like the Elite, which maybe doesn't make a whole lot of sense. That was uh, the, the sock upper. Yeah. Yeah, with like was, the wing <laughs> out the side. Yeah, so yeah, I, I really liked that. Didn't yeah. hit the other two because it
5: started to feel a bit too soft. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think it's the same as the previous ratio here. It was really, really mushy in the foam density and it just didn't agree with a lot of people.
4: Yeah, so I did, like I don't, can't remember doing too well with that one at yep. all like even in store um version is it three four version four? four yeah yeah it, it just looks like it's it just it's taking the new things from the elite putting it into something that's not plated it's going to be really light it's going to be really fun to jog in like i think there's tr- maybe trying to target it as a tempo shoe but realistically it's it's a fun lightweight daily trainer for me like, yeah. you know, I'm kind of excited to get my foot in one. Um, it, maybe a similar sort of thing to maybe a Nova Blast, just lighter.
5: Yeah. Like chuck it on for your warm-up, cool-down and hill reps kind of thing, like not changing shoes for type setup. Yeah. It's actually a pretty good, um, yeah, what it could be really
4: good for, something where you don't want to take a shoe. It's always been that um, travel shoe, I think. You know, yeah, you're going away, you want to bring one pair of shoes, that's it. Like you can jog in it, you can
5: do reps in it because it is so light and responsive. Yeah, for and sure. It's going to be a bit more refined now. It's also if you um, hold up the version four of the race shoe, there, like it's between the two columns, it's um, it's entirely filled in underneath, so it's it's not plated. It's much more flexible, um, but it's got a full contact outer sole, so you don't get that really soft uh, column, I guess, compressing independent to each other um, lateral kind of instability, um, like you might if there was if there was a big cavity through the middle there. Anything else on the Supercomp Elite version 4 before we just sort of trickle onto a couple of sort of mileage shoes that are on their way in? Oh, I think I did have something that I forgot, which is
4: on brand. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't sound like you. Yeah. No, I can't have been too important.
5: <laughs> That's right. Again, oh, just... Actually, the plate, it's a lot stiffer than what it used to be.
4: Okay. Nice. And I mean, again, if we go – like, if I try and flex this one here, I'm not sure if we're going to have video –
5: out but Oh yeah. I just literally did that to mine. I was like it used to be pretty stiff, didn't it? But maybe not. Yeah, you got a little bit more um it's almost like it might be thicker. I I it's supposed to be thinner.
4: I was just looking at something. It said the plate's thinner, but it's just it's a better quality flexible.
5: carbon then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Um perfect. Couple of mileage shoes coming up. Do you want to talk about Nimbus twenty-six? Um did you get to chuck on the sample of that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah talk to us about that a little bit. I think Jules and Bree have been jogging in it a bit. But, um, yeah, that's coming up next month as well. So just a couple of little, like, I don't know, daily trainers, mileage shoes that might be um, might be suitable.
4: Yeah. So I think, like, I enjoyed the 25 we're at now.
5: Yeah? Yeah.
4: Yeah. I enjoyed that. It Towards the end of its life, it started to feel really soft um the new version felt a little bit firmer underfoot initially a bit lighter and um yeah i think it's going to be again like a good update like if you compare that to what the 24 or 23 was like it's
5: such a better shoe if it wasn't the nimbus name that's been around for 25 years they just bin it and just go with a whole new name like it's it's that much different and that much more um versatile suitable all the words but um yeah, I think like the only thing that I recognized with the samples and stuff was like they've refined the midsole to a point where, um, I guess, bad example using New Balance shoe, but like the forefoot isn't quite as flared. The midfoot isn't quite as narrow. So it's almost like those midfoot areas come out a bit, the forefoot areas come in a bit, and it's just going to be a little bit more refined and straight. And they're kind of like a neater package on your foot. You're not going to look down and see such a bulky shoe, which is um, like pretty important for a fair few people. We've seen similar. Um, designs for other ASIC shoes down the line, like Kayano, they're not going to look quite as um quite as beefy. Yeah. Um, and the other thing on the trend of um midsole midsole cavities is um the Cloud Monster Two is sometime this month. I was just chatting to Jules Osavo about how we get a delivery from on before we get an invoice, <laughs> so we're never really <laughs> sure when the stuff's coming, but it's down for Feb. Um. And again, that's the shoe that's just picked up rocks and gum nuts and all sorts of random stuff for everyone uh, all around the bush. I remember Rob, um, Rob, Rob Wilson going on about how he can't get out the door because it's just gravel everywhere around him and it's just full of rocks. So that's going to have a tiny little bit more stack height, a tiny little bit softer foam, and the cavity is going to be filled in through the midfoot. So a nice, it's an update that kind of it's been such a comfortable and successful shoe for so many people. We didn't want to see it update a shitload and it hasn't. It's just kept its, kept its sort of six mil pitch, relatively similar stack and kind of like daily trainer. Yeah, yeah. It's
4: pitches. just a brand that's had a good shoe and they're just tweaking the complaints that people had. Like everyone would have complained about it picking up rocks and everything else there.
5: That's right. They did it in the Stratus just previously. Yeah. So it's, um, it's it, it's an easy fix really and it's probably something that when they made it they were like that like this decoupling will never cause an issue and all of a sudden it's picking up like you run down the footpath here like I don't even run on a trail 6 days a week and I pick up gum nuts and all sorts of stuff so it's uh yeah another one to look forward to anything else you see in the next we'll say we can talk about stuff for the next 2 months maybe anything else in there that gets you excited oh not that
4: I can see there. What have we got? I think we think might have done this. I think we've ticked off on everything.
5: Uh, what
4: did we, did we We did the heart rate monitors last time, didn't we?
5: Yeah, yeah. Arm heart rate. Tell us about how yours was cutting out a little <laughs> bit. And then this could be actually be really good. <laughs> this is good. actually good. This is actually really good advice for anyone who is um, like a bit of a meathead and got tattoos all over their arms. Tell us what happened.
4: Uh, so I've been struggling with my one dropping in and out on my runs and I was sick of it and I was trying to palm it off to you for 50 bucks. (laughs) Um, And then I thought one day, oh, maybe it's got something to do with like where it's sitting on my arm. Like I've got a tattoo there that's pretty much just black and filled in. And then I asked you about it and you said, yeah, that's an actual thing. And then I didn't trust you. So I Googled it. (laughs) Turns out. And it turns out it's an actual thing. I've moved it to the other arm
5: and I've had no issues with it at all. It's been perfect since where you were putting it was a 20 cent coin size dot that is colored in black, like right on the spot. It's just, um, I can't remember where I heard that, but I heard something maybe on a podcast about like optical heart rate and pigment in the tattoo, like not allowing it to be red properly. That's probably all wrong, but it it's true. So if anyone's had issues with it and they've got tattoos um, and you can move it like, I don't know, other arm inside of your bicep, outside of your bicep, try something different, but yeah, that's probably, that's probably the only thing that's yeah. ever gone wrong with it. And it was wrong with you. So, yeah. Um, other than that, I reckon we're pretty sweet. We've got a few more um, on Cloud Spike 10,000s landed in store this morning. So, that's probably the one other thing that a few people have been waiting on. Um, oh, I must have just so, yeah, on those again. Contact the <laughs> Instagram of the running company Geelong if uh, any of these things tickle your fancy, and we'll be able to yeah, give you a call jump on an email or come into the shop and um, be able to sort you out. Um, You're working tomorrow, aren't you? I am. Perfect. We'll see you then. See you later. Take it easy.